I believe it more to be just like happenstance, not reality, but yeah. like the stat line doesn't lie. And yeah, that definitely supports. <laughs> definitely supports when she's in. How much are the Chiefs paying her? That's a great question. I was talking to my kids the other day and they were like, we're, we're bummed out. We don't know if Taylor's going to go back. This might be like my oldest. He's a Swifty. Big Is fan. he really? Yeah, big fan. Mm-hmm. God, she's got so many fans. Yeah, big fan. But he, she was, he was saying, he's like, I'm kind of bummed out. And I think this might be it for like her last yeah, tour. Yeah, she's on her world tour now. So yeah, she's but not going like, to be able to go in any games. Yeah, but she'll, she'll, he's more worried that she might not go on tour again. He's like, I think this might be it. It's oh, like no, her big fight. I'm like, no, she, 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 she loves it. Hell no, she it's not like she's hurting that. for money. So there's definitely some motivation there. Yeah, it's got to be for the love of the game. No, she ain't stopping that. She'll keep going. Of course. I told him, I said, I think, yeah. I think you can rest assured. You'll, you'll probably see more Swifty albums, <laughs> more albums. <laughs> you'll have more concerts together. You'll have more albums. Some, and maybe like smaller, maybe she'll do smaller venues. And you'll get a chance to that's, maybe that's, see her. Yeah, I was, I was zoned out. We're talking about Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Why? Because. I brought up that the Waltons own own the Broncos, oh. and then he brought up that the Broncos killed the Chiefs, and I said, "Uh, not really, because she's, she's Mahomes the biggest, had the biggest thing going. Mahomes had the flu, and Taylor Swift wasn't there. Mm. And if you look at Travis Kelsey's stat lines, as much as I believe it to just be happenstance, but like if you look at his stat lines of when she's there and not there, it's pretty big difference. So they didn't like actually beat the Chiefs." You know what I mean? They, okay. they beat him up. Pretty, well, yeah, don't you remember like when you're in high school and stuff and like your girlfriend was there, you like wanted to play harder? I don't remember. You want to impress her? <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, remember. I, I didn't have any girlfriends in high school, so I don't, I don't know. I'm just assuming that's how it goes. You never did? No. Oh, I was man. hunting all the time. Like you, we've discussed this. I was a, and you're not, I was a loser. And you're not a Swifty, sounds like. I mean, she's got some good bangers. <laughs> but like to be a Swifty, you got to like really be into Taylor Swift. You got all the friendship bracelets, I noticed. You got lots yeah, of I should, I should, I should have <laughs> given one of mine. Yeah. You should. Put, should your, num- put shot your number my on shot when I had put a chance. Your, put your number on it. I think that's how Kelsey got in there, right? Something like that. I think so. Should I start carrying around, one around when I'm hunting with, with like, your phone number on it? it? That way, if I see like, someone I like, just toss it over. You mm-hmm. are hiking. I am. You should do that, honestly. That's probably a better way. We'll see if that works. Brady's back from another hunt. Hey, reset that clock, Omar. I am. So we know where we're at. I'm back. You're back again. Are you done? No, I'm not done. Which is crazy to say. You're not done? Oh, no, no you're thought, not done. I thought yeah. you were done. No, he's not done. I have my family. My family. Oh, hunt. my. Gosh, trail. Minnesota. Minnesota. Your Minnesota whitetail hunt with the fam. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. Trails loves giving. We're just open books, Trail. I don't ever just even. Gets, Brady yeah, gets I don't, mad I don't at us. ever even think about it. But like, I kind of, in a way, you know, am happy if I don't kill a deer in this next hunt. But you have a license. I do have a tag. Yep. And then who else? Uh, the, the reason why is, uh, so I'm taking my whole family drew tags again. My dad, my dad's best friend, myself, my brother, and my youngest brother. And so we usually always try to go out. But like, the thing that's cool is like my youngest brother. He's just kind of gotten to Western big game hunting. I took him out like two years ago and he didn't have a tag, but we went around and he fell in love with it. He's like, why haven't you guys done, like told me about this before. And was like, well, you just never like voiced your opinion that you wanted to come out West and hunt with us. We never really bought him points. He'd always go to Minnesota and do the, does the opener and all that stuff. This is the youngest brother, uh, Blake. My middle brother, Bryce is the one I always yep. take out hunting every year. And so this year, 
myself, Blake, Bryce. Blake, Bryce, and Brady. Yeah, yeah. Blake, Bryce, then and Brady. Your mom definitely had some trouble. Like yeah. when one of yeah. you was singled yeah. out, no she question. wanted to yell your name. So, so what's the really crazy thing is, though, I have never big game hunted with all my brothers at the same time. We've never hunted together in our entire life. How much younger is he than you? Uh, so I'm 37. My other brother is 34 and 31. Okay. You're stacked in there. Yeah. So like, we've never big game hunted before together. Like never even huh. gone out looking for deer together all at the same time. So like we're going to split it up. My dad and his friend are going to go to our old spots that we've been going to forever. We're going to go exploratory and check out some new areas. You and the younger brother? Me and the younger brothers. Gotcha. I'm the oldest. So me, Bryce, and Blake are going to go hunt together. And we're really, really excited about that. So your your dad and his buddy are going off on their own? Off on their own, which I'm kind of concerned about. Like, they're <laughs> yeah. very capable. Like, Those yeah. guys are going to deer camp is what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've taken them so many a, years. I'm seeing that, a few fifths in their future, and they're just hanging out doing deer camp. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But that, that's the greatest thing now. Like, shameless plug, go hunt maps. So, like, I have this giant folder called, like, our Monty. Oh, gosh. Oh, our family. you just did it yourself. <laughs> I, I was talking about my uh, you Minnesota. Did, you Minnesota. you just outed yourself. Fuck me. <laughs> I didn't even have to. You no. did it. That's the thing. Like, you start getting caught in all these lies again. You, just like you the last that's podcast. Why you tell the truth you and everyone truth, thinks you're lying. Anyways. Everybody assumes you're lying. So I, I have this hunt folder called like our family hunt. And I, my, my dad recently was like, oh, I'm looking at all these new areas as well in our old areas. I'm like, here, let me share the folder with you. So I share the folder with him. I share the folder with his best friend. So they have all my waypoints right now and they're starting to add to it. And I can see them developing a plan, which is really nice. And then now with my brothers, I have another folder shared with them about where Are we're Are you going. monitoring their plan as they go? You're like, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, some of, them, some of them are questionable. They're like, it's like a lot of distance. Like it's going to be a lot of driving around trying to get to some of these spots. Like, they you guys go can't to. possibly cover that. Can't much cover all that country, but we do cover a lot of country. Is that. your dad's best friend retired too? No, actually he's, he's still grinding and working. Yeah. Some people I think are just addicted to it. You know, just like can't get yeah, away. I don't, I don't get that. You know, you want to retire? Oh, do you think you're going to? I'm I not. mean, knock on wood. I, I never will. You what? Nah. Why? I just, I can't. I don't think I will either. <laughs> no retirement plan. I, I've always said this. But I you just, could if you, you, you would uh, if you could. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I thought maybe just being like work at uh, Lowe's or Home Depot, Walmart greeter. But the, the question <laughs> is, you would if you could, though. Maybe. Maybe. What do you I don't mean, know. Maybe? I just don't know what I would do all day. Hunt. I, might, I might get bored. I don't know. Oh, you guys need. Yeah, I, no way. <laughs> I might no get way. bored. Yes, I know. I, I saw my neighbor. Either. He was out chopping wood the other day. And I was like, uh, that hey. That looks nice. Yeah. I was yeah. like, hey, you, you got one of those wood splitters? And he's like, no, man, I, I just, I like chopping wood. And I'm like, I could get into that. That's my point. Just a big load of wood out back. Just yeah. go out and split. Mm. Training two, three times a day. Hunting, looked, getting looked, ready. It looked like fun. Dicking with shit all the time. <laughs> How far we've digressed, huh? <laughs> chopping wood looks, looks like a good time. <laughs> I mean, in retirement, yeah. You can't tell me that if you... If you could, you would, and you can't tell me otherwise. I probably would. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> would you? But I'd have to do something as well, though. Of course. I'm not talking sitting on the couch drinking my ties all day. I don't like that. I don't do that <laughs> yeah. in general. I can't remember the last time I drank. That, that's, why like, I look, that's why I look at my dad. He's retired now. I would do stuff. And he has his, like, whitetail property. Yeah. And he just, him and my mom just literally go up to the whitetail property all the time, and he just is out ranching. Farms it. Just, you wouldn't do just that? Just doing I random do that. stuff. I was yeah. like, I would love to do that. That's just, my point. He decides to build a new shed at the property. He goes and build a new, a new shed. shed. He decides to finally point. insulate it. Well, they insulate it. That's my point right there. Does he just got sheds on sheds? Yeah, just. sheds on sheds. 
<laughs> he needs to build a barn dominium. That's what he needs to do. Like that'd be freaking sick. Barn dose are the I've best, man. That's my dream. A dude. barn dominium? Yeah, the barn dose. Dude, I want that so bad. With living quarters. I, I mean, I knew. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. I can picture what it would be. I just yeah. haven't heard that term. The old barn dose. That's my. That's my absolute dream. To build one. Of I just want the shop. Property. Yeah, with mounts and, and be and able TV. to just lock out my bedroom down. Reloading the room in there. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my so that's my last one of the yeah, year. Dude. So you're uh, okay. I expected to walk in to the office today and have like a you know a depressed Brady, like just visually visually be able to see it on your your. I'm going to be depressed after this season. Like I guess is the banger of all hunting seasons. And it's done. been a wild. I've ride. told you it's all downhill from here. <sighs> yeah, it's been a wild, wild ride. When was your Tajikistan? When was that? Oh, uh, that was November of. November and December of 2022. So it's almost been a year. So end of this month, it'll be a year. So you're technically on the same 365 day year run of right now. Of right now. Hunt as well. Yeah. <laughs> nice. When you, when you that's combine, when you, do, when you do like 365 days, like yeah. it's, oh, yeah, it's, it's been crazy. That's awesome. You're back. Back. Got back. Yeah. Killed over the a weekend. nice buck. Killed a buck over the weekend, opening day, which I never really do. Never really plan to do, but right place, right time. And did you have any reservations about pulling the trigger on an opening day buck? Pulling? Why would you pull the trigger? Just, that's what normal people do. You press it, trail. You pull the trigger. Got, press it like, you press it like you're doing a t- touching a little key on the keyboard. Like if you pressure. buy an item online, you know, if I was talking to Lorenz, I'd be like, oh, did you pull the trigger on that? And I would say, no, trail, I pressed it. <laughs> the <laughs> the I pressed the fuck it. Fuck you. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Uh, you would say I pulled it. Hell yeah, I pulled it. <laughs> did no. you pull the, pull the trigger on an OTC deer tag in Arizona? No, I did you not. You didn't press it. You pulled it. Did you pull it? No, nope. I avoided that. Okay. Yeah, I you looked. Met, at, I looked you, at them, and they're still available. Out. Did you get I'm, one? Yeah, I got one. You did. Omar, young Omar over there, he got one. He got one. Omar's over there on the tender. I can tell. I, I do. He's swiping. Yeah, he was swiping. Just the, the the funny thing though about I or Arizona's is at first they showed sold out for a while, mm-hmm. and I was like, "There's no way, Omar. Keep checking. Like they're gonna. It's gonna." Like there's something wrong with their website and sure enough there was like it was crashing all morning and that's going to lead into what we're going to talk about today it's a because good transition, isn't it? there's going to be a lot more crashing going on in yeah. Idaho system. It's almost which, like, almost like I did it on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> you almost did that one pretty good. <laughs> almost like you run the almost podcast like and I you just, of, almost like on the way down here, the two hours I thought, Oh, what's a nice transition into this <laughs> man. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. It's wild. On accident. But it is something interesting now. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, tech is hard, mm-hmm. and servers and all that stuff, and anticipating demand. But like, you can anticipate demand. Like, Listen, can, I'm here to tell you, online tech not hard. Yeah. Offline tech very hard. Yeah, online this, there's no excuse. This yeah. is this is crazy. like. Do you guys know you're doing a set time on a set day yes. for a very limited number of tags not for non residents, and you should anticipate to. a lot of traffic to your website. You'd think. I mean, I know states are don't have a lot of funding, and I'd rather. I'd rather that money go towards wildlife in a real sense than maybe making sure the servers are great. But if it's only, we're talking like 5k, like, okay, let's just fix this talking server more issue. Than that, for sure. Probably more than that. I mean, just raise, raise a tag fee for a year. I'd, I'd happily pwn up an extra 10 just bucks to, make to, it to get a, a to make better, better. user friendly experience. I, I, yeah. I would think most people would be on board for that. Before we get too deep, let's hit promo promos. I think you're the guy. I am. You know it inside and out. So yeah, this, this podcast is going to be all about what we're going to talk about right now, why mm-hmm. you need an insider account. So app season is here. It officially is here as of 
couple of days ago during Arizona's OTC tag sale date. Uh, yep. you, starting to get permits for next year right now, so you need an insider account from Draw Odds Filtering 2.0. We're going to touch on Filtering 2.0 a lot in this. Uh, you know, Hunt Planner, all the tools on going insider. So use promo code podcast when you sign up. We're going to give you 50 points back to going gear shop. One point is $1. So that's $50 back to buy anything. And again, promo code podcast is what you want to use for that because insider means time to get tags and using that research is going to help you get tags. Isn't it? It's kind of wild, isn't it? Like it is. when I, when I was thinking about doing this podcast, I was like, man, that it feels early. It just it feels early. Does. But then I think back on any free time I've had the last week or so, I've been cruising draws and looking at filtering 2.0 and yeah. adding my points and looking at yeah. opportunities. And what's crazy is like, I literally started working on yesterday since I got back early from that hunt, which is nice. Porter, you realize I got back early just so I can work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the main reason. Yeah, for sure. But I was uh, starting to work on the 2024 application deadline mm -hmm. article. That thing is a beast in itself trying to work. I'm like, dang, it feels early to be working on that. But we're here. You know, it's November 7th. I usually drop that article around the middle of November. So it's time to start thinking about these yep. states. And I just went online the other day and I bought all my South Dakota points again. So I was jumping on to filtering 2.0, looking at some units. And then I was also updating, you know, my point tracker. Yep. Yeah. So as a kickoff, I thought this podcast, we would cover uh, kind of an application over overview. We're already moving. And like Brady said, it's, I mean, it feels a little early to me, but also at the same time, you've already had Arizona OTC deer tags, archery tags go on sale, um, sold out. Mm -hmm. um, what was that like three, four hours they sold out? I think yeah. I might've seen them available around one yeah. time. Yeah. So those are already come and gone. You've got, who's ringing? Me? You. <laughs> My bad, Neville. <laughs> Sorry, Neville. Not now, Ned Doggy. <laughs> um, but you got, you've got Idaho OTC coming up December 1st. December 1st. And then uh, I just thought we would do a kickoff. So we would cover things like what is a preference point? What's a bonus point? What does over-the-counter actually mean? Is that an actual even relevant term anymore? Mm, not, uh, really. We, not really. We throw it around, but I, there's definitely some instances where it's not truly an over-the-counter yep. opportunity. So I thought we would cover that. I thought we would cover things like point creep, what that means, um, You know what a modified preference point or a modified bonus point system looks like. Uh, you know, the difference between maybe a license and a tag or a permit and a tag, yeah, they cover are very some different. Of those, those definitions cover, cover some of the lingo draws. I don't even know if a lot of people understand, you know, why draws are important. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I thought we would run through some of those, uh, get going. I thought Idaho would be a good place to start. You've already brought it up. So let's just run with it. Yeah. So talk me through Idaho. Idaho's process. So this is. I get this question a lot every single year. Is this for the controlled hunts? And no, this is just for... What do you mean by controlled? The ones that are later in the year that are a draw. So they're limited in tag numbers, for both residents and non-residents. And usually that means potential for a little higher quality hunt because of the tag numbers are limited in some of these units and yeah. in zones. So each state calls it something different. Yeah. You, you have some states that call it limited quota. You have some states that call it controlled like Idaho. Uh, I'm trying to think what other states call it something different. Um, th there's some different terminology, but essentially when you're talking controlled hunts in Idaho, you're talking limited quota. Utah calls them limited quota. Uh, limited entry. Limited entry. I think yeah. you've got uh, Montana. You've got the, the different system with this special limited quota yeah. permit. <laughs> yeah. 
So you're, you're talking limited quota. So this is different. So December 1st, you're talking general season. General season. So these are basically, again, OTC. Is that a actual tournament? Or this is basically like a mini draw. It's really not over the counter in a sense, but they yeah. kind of are. Over the counter is kind of like morphed into now general. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of the general catch all. Yep. So this is just for non-residents. We get that, again, we get the same question. Oh, why can't residents pick them right now? Why are non-residents going to tag it before the residents do? Well, residents have their opportunity later. And, and they can for, buy pretty much whatever they want. Whatever they want. So this is just non-residents. This is just for deer and elk. So you got mule deer, you got whitetail, and you got elk. All right. So that starts December 1st at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Mountain Time. You're fan of the elf. You know that movie? Yeah. 10 a.m.? Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the okay. listeners will get it that aren't Brady. Yeah, <laughs> Brady's, Brady's busy watching Lord of Thrones or whatever. Lord of Thrones? Oh, that's whatever. a combo of uh, my two favorite shows. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings and, and Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Yes. I Sorry. like Lord of, Sorry. Lord of the Thrones. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I botched it. I can't should, believe I just com- did that. Combine those two into a series. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, so you're going to actually, actually... Did we just come up with I an think idea? We, yeah. <laughs> That'd be a great one. Who's going to star in it? Will Ferrell, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So again, like every single year, like this is going to be a podcast side of it. And if you want to just read a strict article every year, I always release an article. So in conjunction with this podcast release, I'm going to have a full on article dedicated to exactly how to walk through this Idaho OTC December 1st tag sale process. But I'm going to try to summarize it mm-hmm. right now. So like I said, December 1st, 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. All right. Idaho has already sent out an email saying that your patients should definitely, you know, have a lot of patience to this. There could be some slow times. Plan accordingly. I like their email. It says, demand for tags is expected to be high. We ask for your patience throughout the day. Oh, yep. So this is going to be a day. They already know it's going to be a day. And then hunters should plan accordingly. Expect long wait times, system slownesses. Okay. And limited number of products available for purchase. At least they're owning up to it on yep. the front end. Some, and, some expectations. And so what's happened throughout the year since 2021, they switched over and made these basically limited. So deer, general deer tags are limited by the unit. So you have one individual unit where elk zones could op- occupy several different units, units in a sense. Within a zone. Yep. And so like, like I just said right there, expect long wait times. I have now suggested people to do, if you were going to try to get a tag you might have to take the day off of work. You're probably going to have You're to. You're probably going off. to have to, especially if you have a construction job, you can't be near your computer all day, mm-hmm. you're doing sales, whatever it might be. You can't be by your phone, have it logged down the whole time, or your computer, you're going to want to take the whole day off. It's just, how bad do you want it? Are you willing to sacrifice a full day off of work to do it? You probably should if you actually want to get one of these tags because they're going to sell out. That's my biggest pet peeve with, this style it's is hard for the yeah, working person. Yeah. You, very, lock very out, you lock out a bunch of people just like inadvertently. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're going to have to be patient. All right. You're going to need to, uh, if you haven't ever applied in Idaho before, you're going to want to set up your Idaho account ahead of time. All right. Mm-hmm. Go through that whole process before December 1st to make it a lot easier. So let's go through, uh, I was going to break down some of the quotas and all that stuff for the tags. I will say before we get going into what you've got to say, I will say in the email, it said, as the sale gets closer, we will be providing additional details and best practices. Yep. So I don't think that anything is going to change. I don't think my assumption is that nothing will change, but I'm going to throw that in there as a caveat just in case. Yep. But go ahead, Brady, give us the breakdown on how it's been done in years 
the last couple yep, of years, I yep, guess. Yep. So non-resident hunters, general season deer and uncapped elk zones are limited to 10 or 15% of the total hunters in each unit or elk zone. All right. Some backcountry deer units have been limited to five year average number of non-residents where overall hunter numbers have been relatively low. So every year they kind of modify mm-hmm. the quotas per unit. And so I was comparing last year's numbers to this year's numbers on that PDF proclamation document they supplied. And there is changes. There's changes on um, the number of tags available for general and the outfitter pool. outfitter pool ones. So there is changes. Just be aware of that. And there is a statewide quota as well. So once the statewide quota is hit, no more non-resident tags available. Mm-hmm. So statewide non-resident general season quota for elk, 12,815 and 15,500 for deer. And the deer is broken down into 14,000 regular deer and 1,500 regular deer or white-tailed deer and 1,500 white-tailed deer tags. So 14,000 uh, once that's sold out. And there's tags allocated to outfitters. 2024, there's 1,732 deer tags and 2,939 elk tags set aside to be allocated in the outfitter pool. And all right, now here's the here's the big one too. So once you set up your portal account, mm-hmm. you get all dialed in. So that sale is going to go on at 10 a.m. Like we said, mountain time. Do you log in at 10 a.m.? No, you do not want to log in at 10 a.m. And here's the funny thing too. What about 10.05? Nope. <laughs> nope. No. So you, you can log in at, you can log in ahead of time. Okay. And you're put into a waiting room. All Purgatory. Right. Yep. So you want to log in ahead of time. So anyone who logs in after 10 a.m., you're going to put at the back of the list. And the list is going to be huge. Like sometimes it's 30,000. Like log in ahead of time. There is no benefit to logging in four hours early. Every year someone says, well, my buddy logged in two hours early. He had a better number than I did. And my other buddy had a better number than I did. Well, he's got a better randomized number than you did. It wasn't because he logged in earlier. We had guys in this office who logged in at 9.51 and I've been logged in for 45 minutes and he got a better number than I did. Okay. So you do want to log in ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You want to be in that little waiting room. And then once 10 a.m. comes, you're going to be put into another little pre, another little post waiting room, I guess you call it. <laughs> you're in spirit prison. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where then you're, all those people in there are going to be randomized and you're going to get a number and it's going to be like, hey, you are number 15,000. You you're going to get a random number in a queue. Random number in a queue. So then you'll see this little screen of this little little human icon or whatever. And it'll show you as you're walking through. Uh, it's like when long. you're waiting for Taylor Swift tickets. Yeah. When you're waiting in line yeah, for tickets, your little guys marching across the line. Yeah, there we go. And also show you your estimated time. It'll show you how many people are ahead of you. And as some of these tags start to sell out on the bottom, it'll start updating like, Hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. Elk zone sold out, out. gone, gutted, gone. Can't get it again. <laughs> and then, you know, it'll show you the deer units and all that stuff too. Let me, let me ask you something. So in Idaho, you have to buy a hunting license. <laughs> yep. This is 185 bucks. 185 bucks. Do you buy your hunting license prior to trying to get a tag? So to make it easier, and again, if you buy your hunting license ahead of time, I do. Okay. I set it to annual annual renew every single year. You do. You're you're annually going to Idaho, or you're buying a hunting license. Reason reason being is if I'm already going to try to do this, I'm going to be applying in the control draw for something right later on. So you need to have that hunting license to do the control draw. So I might as well make it easy and do it ahead of time. Now, if you do it ahead of time and you're not going to apply in the control draw, and you don't get one of your units because they sell out, you cannot get a refund on that hunting You're license. You're out the 185 bucks. So you can go into it, and once you finally get in, you want to get your deer unit or your elk zone. If you try to add it to your cart without adding the hunting license first, it'll prompt you to add the hunting license because you need to have a hunting license mm-hmm. in conjunction with it with the tag. So that's probably the better way for most people to do it is maybe not buy it ahead of time unless you know you're going to 
apply later. Otherwise, you're going to be out 185 bucks. You're yeah. not going to you're not going to get that refunded. There's no way. So I buy mine and kind of as an excuse. Like I I buy it and I'm like I'm going to buy this and then I'm going to try to buy a general season elk or deer tag or both. And then if I don't get one of those in a zone that I like, I'm going to use that as an excuse to then apply in the controlled draw. Yep. And it's like, you know, I know I'm, I'm, if I don't draw a controlled tag, you know, maybe I don't get any of the general season tags, but at least it's like given me kind of an excuse to play the game, I yeah. guess. And mm-hmm. I know I'm out 185 bucks, but man, the reality is, is like, if you want to hunt, you just got to pay to play, I guess. Got to do it. People are going to hate that when I say it. And I mean, people are going to hate that we're talking about this. I think maybe some, some folks, you know, you get those naysayers that are like, oh, there's too much pressure. Listen, this is an opportunity that exists for people. We're playing the same game that everybody else is. Yep. So like, this is just information. Take it and do with it what you will. We're going to all attempt to get tags. Yeah. We're not and, hiding and, information here. We're giving it all out. And I would like, encourage I more people to do, do the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the hunting license thing, like I said, you can buy it ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You can have an annual renew. Okay. Or you can do it the time of, but you have to add it to your cart with a hunting license hunting tag. Before you talk about like strategy on how to get in, and I assume, is that where you're going next? Yeah. I assume, okay, like on what the kind of the work that you need to have done prior to even getting into this whole system and trying to buy a general season license. Um, why Idaho for deer or elk is non-resident in your opinion? Why? Yeah. Why? Like Idaho better than Montana? Is it better than, I mean, what do you, what are your thoughts on? Just no, I don't general, think, I don't think it's any better. I don't think it's better or worse. I just, I just enjoy uh-huh. hunting a sweet state. Gotcha. And so back in the day, you know, it was, I think people of Idaho hated it. Cause it was always an afterthought like, Oh, just buy your hunting license and buy your tag. And if you don't draw somewhere else, that's your backup plan. Well, Idaho is no longer a backup plan. This is like a main plan. It's your backup to your, it's it's the pre backup. Yeah, it's not as yeah. back. It's not as backed up as Colorado's backed up. But no. It's a yeah. backup. I mean, deer numbers, as most people know, as a whole, are down. You know, they've had mm-hmm. hard winters in you know southeast Idaho for the longest time. Like deer numbers, not where they're at. But you can still go out and have a good hunt. You've There's, you've you've hunted. I don't I don't know if I can say this. Have I? You've maybe hunted maybe. in and around that state. Yeah. I mean, you've you've certainly talked to people that have hunted that state. Yeah. I mean, what's your gut feeling on what, what deer numbers look like? What's bad to be honest, poor, poor, okay, poor. And I'm not trying to say I have to scare people away. I'm, you know, I haven't, I I, I missed out on this one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I missed out on Idaho last year Mm -hmm. and I could have picked one up on those, um, leftover periods as well, because they had what, eight or nine of those Mm -hmm. throughout the year. And I covered all those articles because I was in Tajikistan last year during December 1st, but, uh, Mm. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, just throwing <laughs> that out there. I mean, while all you yeah. guys were out trying to get out of I was shooting Stop a big curly. little Marco Polo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I wanted Idaho badly. But gotcha. I figured, like, well, it's a good excuse why not to go this year. But, you know, last year, we talked about it. Oh, whatever, I'll talk about it. I barely saw any bucks, mm-hmm. you know, when I hunted it before. Look. I had a bunch of friends who hunt similar areas. I'm not going to say where they're at or where they're at. And they had multiple years in a row of not turning up any mature deer. Mm-hmm. And these are phenomenal mule deer hunters. All right. Talk to other friends. Also very, seeing very few mature deer. Yeah. There's deer numbers, but mature deer are definitely down. So Some your expectation things, is, is that probably the maturity of the deer there, the numbers probably aren't there like they were maybe four years ago. Yeah. They're definitely not where they were, which is a very sad thing. And look, it's not, that's not an Idaho thing. No, it's not down to Idaho. That's just, that's the reality of the West right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going into any hunt, in the West. It's like 
yeah, it's not what it was four or five years ago. It's yeah. just what it is. And yeah. it's like we talked about in some other podcasts. It come, really comes down to Mother Nature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not really a state thing. It's not really a management thing. It's not really a hunter thing. It's not a non-resident versus resident thing like everyone was almost pointing to. It's not that. Non-resident shot all the deer. Yeah, I oh, guess yeah, did. for sure. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah, it it's literally comes down to a mother nature thing. And we had brutal droughts. We've had brutal winters yeah. stacked on top of brutal winters. Like the time they get to recover, they get slammed again. And so, then sure, so, some, so know that going into it. Yeah, so definitely know that. Yeah. Going over to the, the better species of the two elk. <laughs> oh. Um, Antelope. Yeah, I mean, it's, not, a, it's surprising no, that elk seem to be doing quite well. I mean, yeah. they are the better of the two. So it makes more more resilient, more, for sure. definitely more resilient. So the, the elk, elk, <laughs> elk herds are doing pretty good. I'm just gonna by, by most accounts. Uh, every all the data that I've looked at, it looks by and large. I mean, there's some pockets, but but for the most part, they're either at or above objective. Yeah. Uh, I would say trophy potentials pretty good for general season units. Yeah. Uh, certainly, I would say better than uh, I and Idaho. I would say is better as far as trophy quality goes than Colorado. If you're looking at those as more of a general season type of opportunity, I would give the nod to Idaho. Yeah, um, agreed. Numbers about good, trophy quality good. The hardest part about it is just getting the uh, zone that you want for general season elk. So, so let me talk about. Let me ask you some questions about this. Would you? We're going to talk about states, unfortunately, but we're going to Idaho, Colorado, Montana. Mm-hmm. So. Give me yep, the reasons why. Well, give me reasons maybe why Idaho, because like other states, you know, you're kind of, yeah. you're untapped on, you don't know who mm-hmm. are going to go where, because it's basically, you have a Montana general season elk tag. You can float around all the general units. Yep. You don't know how many people are going to jump into your unit. Colorado's kind of the same way. You don't know how many pressure, like you could have 4,000 people mm-hmm. hunting your same unit and you don't know. Whereas Idaho, you know how many non-residents are going to be, you're going to be kind of competing with. Mm-hmm. You don't know how many residents are going to be jumping in there. Sure. So it's kind of a good, great option in that sense because you kind of know hunting pressure before you go. Yeah, and I, I would I would say Idaho in that regard is a great, you know, quote unquote opportunity state still where you can get into the system. Hopefully, you get a good number, and you know we're going to touch on kind of the planning and prep that you need to do. But provided you get you know the zone or you know maybe like the first five or six zones that you've done your research and you've done you know your due diligence in in trying to find an opportunity, I would put it in that order. I would say Idaho is an awesome opportunity because like I said, the objectives are great. They know they're at or over objective in terms mm-hmm. of population. Trophy potential is actually quite good. And you know, my, since they've gone to a limited, you know, quote unquote limited quota for non-resident general season permits, bad thing because yeah, you can't get a permit just basically over the counter, but good thing in that it has limited the amount of pressure. So you, yeah. you definitely have reduced the number of non-residents in a zone. And then there's a ton of country. So I would say it's right up there as far as in terms of opportunity type elk hunting, it's highest on the list let's for me. About, let's talk about pressure. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've both, I guess, don't, hunted I don't, there. I don't feel any. It we, rolls we bo- off me. <laughs> we both hunted there. Yeah. What are you, what's your thoughts on pressure? Pre and post these changes? Uh, I would say, I mean... It, Do you feel it's changed? Not not all that much. Uh, I, I would say take it with a grain of salt because I'm not typically trying to hunt where yeah. maybe everybody else or some people would be, but I, I would say not all that much. I don't really see it either. I don't run into a lot of either residents or non-residents yeah. in places I go. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Maybe hunting the wrong spot, but yeah, maybe I'm just hunting where the elk aren't. No, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was, I was seeing elk though. <laughs> yeah. So I would say generally, no, not, 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 not like Colorado. Yeah. So hunt, hunt pressure. I would say it's definitely uh it's a step up. 
mm-hmm. from a state like Montana or Colorado, mm-hmm. where there's just, it's a little bit more limited. And like, we can go back to even prior to the system. It just felt like there was generally less. Yeah, I would agree. And the trophy quality is good. So mm-hmm. I would say if you're looking at opportunity type of states and we've kind of thrown the three of them out there, I, I would put Idaho right at the tip top. So try try to get a permit. So let's dive into like pre-prep. What do you Okay. Pre-prep is going to be big in Idaho. All right. So you want to know, like Idaho is a giant state. You have a ton of different hunt units for deer. You have a ton of different zones for elk. So you want to be able to narrow that down ahead of time. You don't want to go into this being like, I don't know. What what, what unit am I going to get? I don't know anything about this. Like, again, shameless plug. This is where insider comes into play. So before, well before this, so for the next, like right now, is right get, now is for the next the, three weeks, this podcast drops. When this podcast drops, mm-hmm. you're going to want to jump into filtering 2.0. You want to go to Idaho. You want to click on mule deer. Go to Idaho. Click or, on elk or elk or white-tailed deer. Okay. Like I mean, I mean, why not? Why not? Why not? It's, it's a great state for all three species. You ever killed a white-tail in Idaho? Killed two. You have? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Back when it was true general tax, mm-hmm. over-the-counter tax. Good bucks. Fun. I mean, uh, what were you seeing as far as deer numbers? Uh, great, great deer numbers. Really? Was, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was seeing multiple bucks a day. You never um, hear anybody talk about it. No, I was in college. I mean, obviously, I've it was never so even easy. looked at it really. It was extremely easy when I was in Montana. But yeah, I mean, yeah, two really good bucks, 130 maybe. You, remember, you, you guys remember that? Uh, I can't remember the name of the film. Neville shot that buck. Oh, wait, with a Mike big Prente? mule deer. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. But prior yeah. to that, they went on a whitetail white hunt in yeah. Idaho and he missed a great buck. Oh, yeah. yeah solid buck. Yeah, that was, yeah, better than any of the bucks I saw or shot. But yeah, I, I did it back in the day. It was awesome. I mean, why not? Go kill a whitetail in the mountains. I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. That's why I did it. So you always had that opportunity. Maybe yeah. that's uh, maybe that's a little tidbit. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you want to go. Save a mule there, kill a whitetail? Yeah. Yeah, I did it two years in a row. Huh. Right on. Anyway, carry on. Okay, your... so, so the tip part of this. So filtering 2.0, you want to go into Idaho, then select mule there. Obviously, this, this will work the same way. For elk. All right, I'm just going to explain the mule deer part of it. So right now I have state Idaho. I select my species as mule deer. It's going to show me all the units in the state on filtering 2.0. But to narrow it down even further, I would scroll down to the season dates and select uh, general or rifle over the counter, which is basically your, your general tag. So now it's going to show you 78 total units in Idaho. Mm-hmm. So now is the time when you want to start narrowing down. Okay, where do I want to hunt? Because you need to narrow it down to the unit level because when you're picking up a general season you're tagging i know it's the unit level so now you have a lot of options you have want to start narrowing those down that's where filtering 2.0 is literally a game changer it allows you to yeah. just go through all the options where so, where do you look where i look like i mean so you've got all these units are you I'm, I'm just curious are you looking at are you looking at more like population information are you looking at like four point plus better information are you looking at harvest statistics are you looking at like country that you want to hunt like what for you for me personally, I put more emphasis on country, on habitat, mm-hmm. on the type of adventure I'm looking for. Gotcha. In a sense, I look at percent four point. I don't really look at a lot of harvest success because I don't know. I feel like harvest success is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I feel like I could probably, if I see like, oh yeah, it's, you know, 40% or 30%, it's like, Okay, those are still good numbers. I feel like I could still tag out. I'm not looking for like, oh, I need to find 60 plus harvest success. Like they're killing deer all the time every year. Like that's not you. I don't put a lot of weight in that. That's you. Yeah. No way. Freshman year of college. Really? Yeah. That's your that's your buck. 
One of them, yeah. We gotta, oh, wow. we gotta throw that up. Yeah, that is. I know. Maybe that was my senior year. I don't know. Anyways, I can't. Yeah, it's a good buck, though. It was fun. I'm just looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that's you. Yeah. Look what a young, a young strapping, strapping buck you man. were. Yeah. No way. Yeah, that's a good buck. It's fun. That's awesome. A lot of fun. So I don't put a lot of weight on harvest success, but I will look at percent four pointer better because I want to find mature deer. What if it's ten ten percent or lower? Ten percent or lower? <laughs> Buggy at all? It might a little bit, but I, I mean, might. I don't know. I might I'm, just, at, I'm just. I'm throwing out theory. I don't even yeah, know if there I are look any. At, I'd probably want to figure out how many hunters there actually were that were surveyed. Then I mean, if it's gotcha. very few number, you know, compared to a very large number, that's a totally different story. That's there, good, that's a good point. And if people are maybe maybe people are holding out for giants. Hunter surveyed is part of that equation. Yeah, so maybe people are just holding out and they're willing to eat their tag, which is what I did, you know, several times hunting that state. Mm-hmm. Just ate my tag, so I was looking for a giant. So I had opportunities to kill. Most people probably would have shot some of those deer, but I was looking for an old giant deer. And so I was happy, you know, bringing gotcha. that harvest success down. But okay. the great thing is too, like all those filters, filters and filtering 2.0, you can use those to your advantage. You can filter by harvest success. Mm-hmm. If you're just looking for, I just want to go hunting with my buddies and I want to pick up a tag, and we want chances that deer. Most of the time, high harvest success could equal higher population of the deer. Not always, but it's a good potential correlation for that. You can filter by trophy potential, filter by public land. Mm-hmm. So a lot of different ways to narrow that down. You can sort by percent four-pointer better. You know, you can sort by public land. You can sort by harvest success once you start narrowing the results down. So eventually then with filtering 2.0, you're kind of just picking your ending and you manipulating the filters to kind of figure out a hunt that meets the criteria you're exactly looking for, which is the big key thing here. Cause a lot of people might never have hunted this state before and you want to narrow it down. That's where the filters come into play greatly. Cause it's hard to say like 78 units, you know, what is, you know, the border of Canada unit one compared to Southeast Idaho. Well, they're two vastly, vastly different <laughs> yeah. habitats. Like you think you're just going to pick up, you know, unit one and go up there and glass a bunch. Well, you ain't going to be glassing all that much cause it's thick timber. Yeah. And that's where, like, once you jump into a unit profile, then, you know, it's going to start describing that unit, showing you those terrain photos, showing you it's steep, it's nasty, it's thick. But the cool thing is, there's probably a bunch of old deer that are just dying of old age, or a bunch of big bucks that are just dying of old age in some of those places because they can't get glassed up and it's harder hunting. So if, like, your hunting style is, if you, you just know, want to still hunt, I just want to still, I just want to still hunt the timber and try to find some bucks. Mm-hmm. And that's my style. And I'm fine maybe seeing three deer in one week, but could potentially be for a giant. <laughs> That could be the hunt for you. Yeah. And there's still a lot of like open clear cuts and stuff. I'm trying to pinpoint that unit. But Lorenzo, just... do you look at elk any differently than mule deer? Like yeah. if you're, I mean, so if you're looking for a hunt to go on in Idaho, you're looking at the general season units that are available to you. Like from your standpoint, what do you start looking at as far as filters? Are you looking at harvest success? Let's say, we'll, we'll say archery, for example. Where, where do you start? Trophy potential, harvest success, land ownership? Uh, yeah, land, but like public private land for sure but like those you know nor more i don't mind the treed up units for like those if they're beagle general yeah like i don't mind it i can't stand it for mule deer yeah i can't can't stand it so like i I do a lot of uh like land scouting first and foremost Mm -hmm. i don't really the harvest success i look i look at it just as kind of like a general general thing right because Mm -hmm. it's all about the number surveyed who was willing to take you know who's all that stuff but so I, I look at it for sure, kind of like a final decision, mm-hmm. but I do a lot of land looking before. Public, private, maps. where's the good land at? Maps. Yep, that's where I start. Gotcha. What about you? 
Uh, I think it's interesting that Idaho, which I was going to point out, I think it's really cool that they publish, they collect data when they do their surveys on the number of six point plus bulls that are harvested. Same with bucks, four point plus. I think that's neat data to look at because you can pretty quickly start to see trends uh, in areas that where they're pulling more mature animals out of. Um, I don't look, I look at population data. So like I'll look, look through the application strategy articles where we've got yeah, some I population do I do data. Too. I do look at that. I want to know if, you know, number of elk in that potential, you know, mm-hmm. area. Um, I look at the number six point plus cause I'm, I mean, I'm not hung up on a number by any means for yeah, score, I but I think it's interesting to be able to look at an area by the number of six points that were mm-hmm. harvested. Yeah. I've never, I haven't looked at that. It's probably, yeah. It's, yeah interesting to think about it right now it's probably something i should look at yeah and the thing about archery elk hunting and that's primarily what i'm looking at i mean your harvest success is generally going to be you know 10 to 20 percent anyway it's not going to be like this giant fluctuation it's not like there's often a unit yeah. that's going to blow all the others out of the water you just don't see harvest success in general season units that are you know 30 to 50 60 percent so i don't worry too much about Mm-hmm. Uh, harvest success. I do look at it, but it's kind of an afterthought. Yeah. Uh, I'm with Lorenzo. I'm looking at maps quite a bit. I want to hunt the type of country. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, yep. I'm not really looking, I don't really like a big thick timbered unit, even if it's for elk. I just, I like some open space. Maybe I get claustrophobic or whatever it is, but I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I like some open space, you know, so I'm looking at, uh, vegetation and, and maps. Um, I would say those are, those are probably it. population based six point plus, and then harvest success kind of as a, just to see, just interest. Mm-hmm. Yep. Barometer check. Mm, barometer. Mm. Yeah. I think we're the same. You guys on the elk side, me on the mueller side, habitat's mm. big. Love looking at maps. How deep? So, so you get your line, you, you get to the, you get to the day you're at December 1st. How I'm many? Gonna, oh, oh, we're there. Well, I'm jumping the gun. Jumping the gun a little okay. bit. So we're still on the research side. Yep. And this is where I want to talk about, you want to have a big list of units mm-hmm. picked out already. Mm-hmm. And this is where on filtering 2.0, once you get those filters narrowed down and you're like, well, I love this unit. My number one choice is my number two. Like maybe get five units that you're really keen on that you've done your research on. I'd be happy to get one of these five deer units. I'd be happy to get one of these five elk zones. Is five as deep as you get? Eh, I, I might go up to 10. Mm-hmm. I've definitely seen a lot of them sell, sell out to the point where you're like scrapping that minute. Like you can see it real time. So as you're actually watching it you can see which ones are getting sold out and then you'd be like all right i need to start researching now a bunch of mine got picked up so probably should do some more but this is where it's great though now i'm filtering 2.0 so once you get those narrowed down you can actually save those units to your hunt planner and start creating like hey this is my 2024 idaho general season deer hunt plan and these are all the units i'm saving then you can start start to rank them you can start to add notes Mm -hmm. you can jump in the unit profiles figure out what things you really love add that to your hunt planner and then you have like a detailed portfolio of your 2024 Idaho plan. Yep. And then I'm jumping over to maps like you guys are, and I'm starting to look at the public private. I'm looking at, you know, all this other data. But even before I might jump into maps, keep in mind too that, so Idaho is, is a bunch of different season dates on your, I'm just talking about general rifle because I'm a mm-hmm. you know, big rifle guy. So like there is different season dates. Most season dates are October 10th to the 31st. Yep. There's some that are October 10th to like November, first week of November. And there's some that are November 1st to November 14th on general rifle. So you can get some potential rut dates on these mm-hmm. general season hunts. Most of those are in like, you know, the Northern part of Idaho, but that's something to keep in mind as well. So you can also sort on filtering 2.0 by season dates. If you want like, Hey, I just want to hunt November. Mm-hmm. That's the only time frame I have. Show me all the tag, all the units in Idaho for general deer that have season dates that are potentially available to me to actually go hunting. 
I hate to do this. I gotta go pee. Go for it. <laughs> I I try. I went before. I swear to God, I did. And I was like, I'm gonna make it. Too much. I got. I got. Brand. I gotta go again. So you guys, you guys, we can stop and come. Yeah, back. we'll stop. Kay. We'll be right back. And we're back. All right. Let, I want to ask you two a question though, because you guys do way more uh, research for Idaho and hunt Idaho a lot more than than me. I haven't hunted it in a long time. But you're talking about you pick five or even ten units yep. that you go into. Do you guys genuinely think there's like a top five tier or a top 10 <laughs> tier? Or do you think it hits a level? And if so, at what level is it that it just becomes like the best? So there's like the best of the best and how many units is that? And then like the best of the rest and how many units is that? Would you say in Idaho? I don't, I don't, for, for deer to me, I don't think there's a best of the best when it comes to general. It's I, think all it's, kinda, I think it says, what's your individual goal? What do you, what, what's your goal in mind? Do you want to go deep in the backcountry? Do you want to have a certain hunt? Do you want to have a wall tent camp? Do you want to? find a unit where other buddies can join in with you as well and have a good hunt yeah. atmosphere. Like I've, hunted, I've, hunted all, I've hunted all across yeah. the state now. I've hunted a lot of different units. I used to live in, you know, Bonners Ferry, Idaho. I used to mm-hmm. live in unit one back in the day. Like I used to live in the thick of the thick and I thought that was great up there. And it's just kind of what you're looking for, what your expectations yeah. are. Like you look, big, you look like you just now emerged. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you look you, like you still live you, there. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you should have seen me back in the day when I lived in Bonners Ferry. <laughs> no, that's a good question. Actually, uh, that's that that might be one of the best questions I've I've had asked about Idaho, to be honest, because I think people think that there are units. You know, I'm I'm going to talk about elk. Like, okay, this unit is the best unit, and I mean, it's not. It's not like it's a, a big secret. There is a unit that will, a, a zone, I should say, that's going to sell out quicker than all the others. And it's based on, you know, kind of word of mouth. The, the population objective is above, you know, the, you know, the bull cow ratio is good. And there's just a lot of chit chat about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that one always sells out. And then there's probably five or six others, I would say, that are kind of mid tier, you know, I'd put it. And then, you know, kind of the rest are all pretty similar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I actually don't think the quality is that much different between all of them, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And in reality, I think it would behoove someone. Behoove. Behoove. That's a good word. Look how smart we Did are. Did you like that? Yeah. That's the extent of my, uh, that's the, <laughs> the reach for me yeah. today. Uh, actually think about this quite a bit because every once in a while I hear something, I hear myself say, say something on a podcast yeah. and I'm like, I was completely the wrong use or context of that, of that word. Like I completely screwed that up. I always think, Oh, I need to get better at that. And then I also think like, I'm going to come up with like some big word that, that I'm going to try, I'm going to tr- I'm going to throw in, but it's <laughs> not really that big, but that's the one I'm going to go with today. Yeah. Um, I actually think it would be better to start to identify kind of work backwards like what units are the units that don't sell out that quick? Like what are the ones that are typically the bottom of the list? And there's a reason that they're probably bottom of the list. But I think if you were able to pick up some of those units and do it consistently year after year after year, those areas, those hunts could be as good or better than some of these top tier units yep. because you get to learn them. Sure. There may not be the populations that are in some of the other units, but those, there's still elk there. There's still opportunities to go hunt. And I think I've always said this, you know, where's the best unit to kill a big buck or a big bull? Well, it's the one that you know. The one that you know. Yep. It's, Absolutely. it's the one that you hunt consistently. It's the one that you know. So I, I think it would be uh, advantageous to, to kind of figure out what is what is the, the stuff that's remaining and, mm-hmm. and hunt it as often as you can. Yeah, we talk about that a lot in other states too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, can't just throw trip potential at 180 
you know, and, yeah. and instantly be like, I'm only going to hunt these units and skip all the rest of the units. Like mm-hmm. you're missing out. I talk about a lot in Colorado, all those data report articles I do every year. Like, yeah, people can figure out the cream of the crop units pretty easily. And then people know the bottom. Well, places that, you know, a lot of us hunt are usually in that middle to low areas. Cause we can pick up the tags every single year. Mm-hmm. And you said you can learn a unit. You're going to be way more successful than anyone should killing a giant in it. Is that answer so your question? Is that what, is yeah, that, what, it, what are your thoughts? That was, a, that was a genuine question mm-hmm. from me just, uh, you know, as a hunter, as being, as being one of the guys in the public. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I mean, in all reality, I've been out of Idaho since the change. I've been out of it for quite a while. I haven't hunted it in a long time. Um, thinking about getting back into it, just finding different, more opportunities. I want to go back to a place I haven't been in a long time. And I, you know, be obviously being in the office and seeing you guys and doing all this stuff, that was just a genuine question of like, mm-hmm. is there actually that best of the best? And it makes total sense what you're saying. I, I would prefer to find the tags that I know I could get every year mm-hmm. and just stay focused on those ones and then hunt it three, four, five years in a row. That's, that is what I would prefer. I mean, in terms of quality, you got to think that these are general seasons. These are managed for general season opportunity. So it's not like you're, 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 you're limiting it's your the limited number of tags is based on population right so it's not like they are managing those for a better trophy potential yeah. they're a general season unit so the trophy potential i would say you know between the best that everybody's going for and then you know the unit that's still remaining trophy potential is probably not the limiting factor there it's not the the bottleneck by any means it's probably just a population thing and it's the amount of opportunities right so yeah. you go out and you hunt a unit that's got a great population they're way more elk than you know than their objective you know, chances are you're going to have more encounters. There's just more elk, right? But it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean that there's bigger bulls in that unit. No. Yeah, which is not what I would care about mm-hmm. going into Idaho. Yeah, and I, I think if you looked through like the six point or better, you'd probably start to see that. It's, it's not really significantly tied to, you know, those units are the quote unquote best yeah. units. Yeah. I've hunted a lot of different places and I've had a lot of fun hunting all these different places. And I don't think there's not one that I'm like, oh yeah, I want to go back to it every single year. Like I've tried a bunch of new areas mm-hmm. and I'm always having a great time. I'm always seeing bucks. So, I mean, I would say still, I mean, there's, there's definitely more elk and more elk is a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, more elk is great because you're, you're going to have the opportunity to maybe have more encounters and more encounters yeah. equals a better chance to succeed. But it doesn't really cross off the fact that there's some good units with less elk in it. That mm-hmm. if you had the time to put into scouting and you hunted those more consistently, you couldn't do great. And I know people that have done this. I mean, they've they've hunted areas that are, you know, big desert units, right? Where there's definitely elk. It's just you got to have some local intel or the ability to go out and scout and hunt hard and and days. Like I, you know, the more days you've got that you can the string better, together, yeah. the better your chances of tagging out are going to be. So. Which is interesting. That's that's a big that's a big tidbit right there. Yeah. For anybody that's listening. It's the best answer I've ever got. I'll mm. Tell you that. I don't I, I don't know. It is. I, I try. I can, <laughs> I'm speaking from the heart. It's the best one I've ever got. <laughs> but yeah, I, I uh I'm still gonna try to get the units and I agree with you. I think five is kind of the what I've got usually. You know, I've probably got ten, but I've got five that I'm like, these are the five I ever wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I will say that in the last couple of years, given the demand, and I think my number last year when I finally got my spot in the line was like thirty thousand, thirty two thousand. It was Yeah. I've never been below ten. Uh, I've always been. Must be 
I think if you're from Utah, you just it's you just either get bad, bad Wi-Fi or <laughs> yeah. or they they just genuinely hate Utahns. They which get I can, a, they I can get understand. They get a geofence on Utah. Just can, let's lock these I guys out. I can understand that, but yeah. um, yeah, I've always had a high number, so I will say I have started to increase my research. It used to be that I would only look for maybe five units, and I'm like, well. I'll get one of those, you know, and then that kind of went to 10 and then maybe even above and beyond that. Now I'm looking at multiple opportunities, all the zones, mm-hmm. just because you never know when your time comes up in line to purchase a permit, what is going to be available. Yeah. And at the end of the day too, you're hunting. Mm-hmm. It's fun yeah. just to pick up a tag. Yeah. Like if your unit sells out, whatever. And you said it's not necessarily a backup, but it is still backup. I mean, if you, if you get a, a spot in line, you can purchase a permit, you've got a tag. And you can always, you know, do want this too hard but you always return it later and that's yeah, why so, the return tag process is there so you're not going to get a full refund it just depends on the timing you return it back in it might be 80 percent, 50 percent, whatever it is 25 percent later on but like you mm-hmm. the amount you get back slowly goes away if you hold on to this tag for a long period of time and but you can turn it back in and that's why mm-hmm. it was always like people's backup plan you pick it up now figure out what you draw and the other big state draws Mm-hmm. And then if you fit in your schedule, you fit in your schedule. If not, you can turn it back in. So what happens if somebody buys a general season tag and then they put in for a controlled hunt and they draw a controlled hunt? Yep. So if that happens, you can either elect to keep your general tag or you'll have to turn in your general tag and purchase, then, then get your control tag and purchase that. Mm-hmm. But then later on, once that it's usually August 1st, sometimes August 3rd or 5th, once that period comes, that's when residents and non-residents can pick up a second tag. So then if there's tags left over still, now you can pick up a general season tag as well. So you could have a controlled hunt tag then, and then you could have a general tag. Mm -hmm. But before that date, you can't do that. You'll have to either turn your general one in and elect for the controlled hunt. Yep. So you still, just people who want to do it now, definitely could still just pick up a tag and do the controlled hunt later. Mm -hmm. Does the, run us through the fiasco of last year. And <laughs> well, I was out. La- I was out last year, but yeah, the okay. fiasco, I, in ge- fiasco in general. So I, I can tell you this. So last year, I tried to log in at like nine fifty-five, right? Couldn't get logged in. It just kept timing out, kept timing out, and it got to. It was probably ten fifteen by the by the time I actually could get into my account. And at that point, it did assign me a spot in line. I didn't feel, and I don't know for sure if this is the case. I didn't feel like I had a. Uh, equal chance as everybody else. I felt like I was probably placed in the line after the fact when I got logged on at 1015. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And I don't know if that's the case. It's just my speculation. Uh, and probably part of that has to do with the fact that I was so far back at that point. Um, God willing, that won't happen this year. Hopefully- so, you, so you're saying you tried to do it at 955 and it just kept timing out, timing out, timing out. By mm-hmm. the time you actually got in it, it was, was after the 10 so then you're definitely going to the end of the line well after 10 yeah it was like 10, 10 15 yep so i would say you know there's there's nothing that you can do for that um mm-hmm. i know that it got to 10 o'clock and i still couldn't log in and you know 10 05 still couldn't log in i started calling you know the self-help desk <laughs> and the it, self-help yeah, desk. <laughs> it would go you know straight to voicemail uh, and uh I think at one point it said that there were like 8,000 people ahead of me in line. So there was definitely people that were calling self-help desk, uh, trying to get that figured out. So I know a bunch of people couldn't log into their account as well. Um, I hope that the kinks have been worked out. Uh, and again, this is like, it's nothing that we can do. It's nothing that, you know, we can predict. I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm just hoping that it doesn't. I hope that everybody gets a chance to log in 
at 10 a.m. and then you are truly randomly placed in a queue. And nothing crashes then afterwards. Because it's also been the case too. You're in this office. I've heard from other, multiple other people online that they get logged in. They're in the waiting thing. And by the time it goes over to select your tag, the system crashes. Mm-hmm. And then it kicks you back into the line again. Or you're in the checkout phase. And you think you got your tag. And then it somehow crashes and you go back again. Yeah. So like they should, like we talk about getting the kinks iron out a lot. But it's like, this is not just the only sale date they have. Like we said, there's what, eight or nine other sale dates throughout the year, return tags. This is definitely the it's highest a, demand. A, but it's the highest demand. But those other tag processes, they'll still have their hiccups and still have the other mm-hmm. things going on. So they can try to iron it out nine more times throughout the year to try to get it dialed. But it seems like they just use the same system all the time. And Let me ask you a question. Can you show up in Idaho and buy a tag? Yep. So you can also show up at any licensed vendor and you can also call their phone number and try to purchase, purchase tag over the phone. If you can get through. If you can get through. <laughs> so you do have three options, the online, mm-hmm. in person, or try to phone. What's the best, the best, uh, option? N- n- I mean, the best option is whatever somebody can do, but like, does any of the three give you a better chance at, uh, I don't know. Rumor is, is that maybe showing up in person, uh, could give you a better chance. It seems like I talked to more people that actually show up to a game and fish office that seems like they have a better experience. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case or not. I don't know that it's foolproof. Um, so I would say that's just hearsay on my part. Again, that takes some dedication. Yeah, that's, you that's go a full day after work. You got to drive long distances. Are You're you basically driving it? like you. I don't know. I am. Really? Yeah. Yeah. My, my folks live in northern Utah, and I've thought, you know, if I want to hunt Idaho this year, I've tried it the other ways in the past with some mixed results. Maybe I'll drive up there, I'll stay the night at my folks's, and then just pop up early in the morning and just see what happens. What if you show up? Not and there's a, a guy in front of you, multiple guys in front of you, like fifth From in Maryland. line. You're like fifth in line. Mm-hmm. And he just has so many questions. UFC fight. And he just has question <laughs> after question and you can't get to the counter because this guy just keeps wanting to ask other questions. And he wants to know like, what's this unit compared to this unit? So he's asking unit comparisons and you never actually get up to pick up. I would say, listen, bro, I got this tool I for just, you. It's amazing. Yeah. It's called Insider. You can yep. figure this From out this brand called Go Hunt. Right you now. can sign up right now on your phone. Have your you, research done by the time you get to the Right line. now. Yeah. Let me... Handle it. Mm-hmm. I'll show you this. Let me handle this. So, yeah. So you're going to camp out? You're going to like, <laughs> like you're buying a Swifty ticket? I'm, I don't know. I do think I will probably drive up and just stay the night and then pop up in the morning and be there, I don't know, half hour. I'm not going crazy. Yeah. And if I'm fifth in line or if I'm 100th in line, so be it. But I am interested to see what the experience is like. I kind of look at Idaho. I would love a tag in Idaho. Don't get me wrong. Last year, I did the whole thing. I gave up on it at four o'clock in the afternoon. Like my number still hadn't come up. I was just like, yeah, bag it. I don't, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then applied for control draw. But um, yeah, just kind of an experience. I would love a tag in Idaho, but I, I might give it a go just to see. And again, it's not open. I mean, I, I live what, eight hours, I guess, probably, um, which isn't, it's not a short jump by any means, no. but you know, my folks live relatively close. So I might give it a go and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yep. We'll see. That'll be interesting. So take home for Idaho. Give us a, wrap it up in a bow. Okay. So again, December 1st, 10 a.m. That's when the tags go on sale. You want to log in? 10 a.m. 10 a.m. <laughs> I don't know the reference, but sure. <laughs> you know the Santa Claus reference from uh, the elf? Do you? Yes. Turtle, I, turtle fan yes. of the elf? I watch it all the time. I've watched that movie a ton. You have? Yeah, I don't That's, understand it's, the it's reference. Pretty, it's pretty famous anyway. Okay. So yeah, 10 a.m. You want to log in ahead of time. 10 a.m. PST? Mountain time. Yep. So 
again, the time you log in beforehand does not matter. does not make your odds better. You can log in an hour, 30 minutes, five minutes beforehand, but you might have some trouble. So maybe try it earlier. Get logged in. Stay logged in. Don't refresh your page. Don't get off that page. Don't cancel and go back out. Sit there and watch it till it goes 10 a.m. till you get your randomized number at 10 a.m. Everyone will be randomized. Wait your time. Once that time goes through, you actually get into Idaho system, find out your tags. You know, so it will also be updated on there. They'll say sold out or not. And just scroll through that list really quickly. And once you do add it to your cart and you added your, you know, hunting license as well, you do have that basically, they say it's reserved for 20 minutes. No one can steal it from you once in your cart, but I like to try to check out fast as I can. Mm-hmm. I have my credit card information saved in my computer. So it's just click, click, done, purchase, and I'm off. Can so, you buy a deer tag and an elk tag? I don't believe you can. I've, I've tried before and I usually, after I submit it, hmm. I've gotten kicked back out and have to wait in line again. That's a damn good question. I'm not sure I know the answer to it. I think you can. You think you can? I think so. But again, I, I didn't, this is, this is one of those ones I'm like, I'm trying to remember if I've ever tried it. I've I never tried, tried it. it. Yep. Yeah. I've never tried it. So um, yeah, um, it's basically, you gotta have patience. But the, oh, the other big thing we should mention Group apps are not allowed. Yeah. So, so this, this is where I do have frustration with the system because if, you know, we've been hunting that, hunting Idaho for 20 some years as a family or whatever, now we want to go there and let's say I get a tag, but my family members are all 30, 40,000 number and they don't get a tag. Now what do you do? You can't instantly turn back that tag. You can turn it in for partial refund. We don't get the full refund. Mm-hmm. So you can't plan to hunt together as a family, which is very difficult for those camps that have been doing it forever. You can stay in touch with your buddy. You guys can have a plan together. You can check with him or them and see what, uh, you know, what they've got as far as their number in line. And yeah. you can try, but it's, it's pretty damn tough. It's hard. And that's, what's very difficult. Gotcha. You want to hunt with buddies and friends. So no group apps. So that's kind of the first out of the gate, Idaho. I would say definitely take a hard look at Idaho. I think it's an awesome state to hunt if you can do it. Um, what else are you guys looking at this year as far as applications? What hmm. are you? What's your plan? What do you want to hunt? Everything. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Brady answer. Lorenzo. Whitetail. Okay. I'm on a I'm on a whitetail conquest. Are you? Does that mean that you're going to limit your applications in Western yes. states? Yes. Oh, it's at that level. Yeah, it's at that level. To what I just, extent? I I am very happy. Feel unbelievably lucky, fortunate, blessed, whatever you want to call it. The experiences I've had in the West are like second to none. Some of them. I've been doing it for a very long time, but like, mm-hmm. and it's just it's one of those things where, you know, it's uh, to be in like the top tier of experiences in the West for me. It's getting you know. I don't want to sound like an asshole by any means, but it's just one of those things, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, I'm looking for something new and I've never, like I was talking to you the other day, I've Mm -hmm. never hung a tree stand ever in my life. (laughs) Never done it. It's like, man, I I get to start. I I haven't for a whitetail, but I've, I've hunted mule deer out of them. No, I've never, you know, Mm -hmm. so I, uh, I get to start there and like literally get to start from that, that ground level. And, uh, it's fun figuring out these other States and the opportunities that they present just in a completely different way. Right. Like mm-hmm. multiple buck tags or, you know, doe tags come with it. So no matter what, I'm filling the freezer coming home. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm on a, I'm on a big white tail kick. So will you buy points? You'll continue to buy points. Oh in yeah. The yeah. West? In the West for sure. And I'm still, Look, I'm not I'm not putting my bow down in September. That's not 
an option for so, elk. Yeah, for elk. So that's that's not an option. I'm still chasing every elk tag I can possibly get my hands on for gotcha. September. Um, but as far as like October, November, December goes, like it's um, Midwest and and even a little bit more east. So like South Dakota, North Dakota, Kansas, Nebraska. Um, you know which. We don't cover Nebraska right mm. now, and it's driving me nuts. But doing a lot of <laughs> lot of good research to get that live. So, gotcha. Um, but that, yeah, man, that's that's antelope? my kick. Definitely antelope. <laughs> you can hunt those. You can hunt those early, which is great. I can't. I can't set that. Do you like that, how that I'm just like either. leading him right here? You are. You are. I'm like well, Lorenzo. Okay, what do you want to hunt this year? Whitetail. Whitetail. What about elk? Oh, well, yeah, yes, I do elk. like those. And yes, yes elk. elk. Let me. Let elk? me. I'll, I'll. I'll wrap this one up with a bow, just like you said before. <laughs> Whitetail, no mule deer. That's where I'm at. Okay, fair enough. You'll you'll apply for mule muleys and no, the, I'll no? do points. Points. Yeah, gotcha. I'll apply for elk and antelope. Okay, I'll do points for mule deer, and then I'm going. I'm going all in on whitetail. So you're looking, you're looking from a from a, a calendar year. You're mm-hmm. looking for antelope early. Yep. You're looking for elk in September. Elk in September. Yep. And then you're looking whitetail. Antelope Octo- early October. And then whitetail late October, November, December. October, November, December. Yep. Got it. And then for elk, do you have like an idea on what you want to do for elk? Or Yeah, I've got quite a few points in some states. Um, Wyoming being one of them. Okay. Um, Utah, but I mean, drawing tags in Utah, even though I'm getting fairly close because I've just been applying there for so long, I can't really guarantee anything there, but decent chance. Um so those are kind of like my two go-tos right If you now. don't cash in on a state like Wyoming or Utah, are you looking at a state like Idaho or Colorado for Colorado. general, se- Colorado, yeah, general Colorado. season? Yep. Just over the counter and yep. go, go hunting. I know Colorado Colorado very well. Mm-hmm. Um, just over the years, a lot of good contacts there. So what about Montana? No. I, I feel... I feel guilty for some reason saying this, but like, and I do genuinely feel it, but I feel emboldened. I hate Montana. I just, I I have everybody up there in the industry that lives there. I just am like, wow, I haven't hunted it since I left college. I have not hunted Montana. Gotcha. And I feel guilty saying it, but it's the reality. Everybody Mm -hmm. goes to Montana. We got a lot of Midwesterners. You're talking Minnesota, Wisconsin, those guys, they, they, Michigan, they love Montana and I get it. And there's obviously great resource up there, but it's like, for me, I'm like, man, I would, it's probably a drive thing. You know, I just, it's, yeah, that's, that it's different. I, yeah. I might need some advice. Cause like I said, everything, that's just what I want, but, mm-hmm. but you have a general idea. Yeah. How, so wh- here, here's wh- what I need some advice on. So you guys like to joke, Brady's a big elk guy. Yeah. You know, you mm-hmm. are a big elk guy. You are okay. a big elk guy. So I carry, as most know, I've said it here before, I carry a metric shit ton of elk points in mm-hmm. every Western states. Yes. I am creeping on, you know, high, high teens for every state right now. Like Montana, when I calculate, I don't know exactly how many people apply, but base, or just by points, but based on people who apply, like there's only, I think, 30, it's either 36 or 39 non-residents at my point level or higher who apply in Montana every single year. So I'm knocking on the door there. We're, we're a bomb-ass elk tag. I got a ton of points in Arizona, ton of points in Utah, which don't mean anything. You know, I got I carry a lot of points, so like I can draw some pretty badass elk tags potentially this year. Like I could, I could draw an Arizona tag if I wanted to, if I put it in. Um, so I but think I'm just this kind of weigh my, my decision. How am mm-hmm. I going to fit that in the rest of my schedule? Like 
I sure. don't see a question in any of this. So <laughs> you I, say yes, do I, it. I don't know if I see a question, but I see a theme here. And I think yeah. it's, a, it's a theme that I talk to people a lot about. And it's why I asked you, like, what do you want to hunt? Yeah. I think that's the question mm-hmm. right out the gate. When you're building an application strategy, multi-state, and you're looking at this as a whole, it's hard to hard to understand. It's hard to bite off. But I always ask people, what do you want to hunt? Mm-hmm. So I asked Lorenzo. Lorenzo wants to hunt whitetail. He wants to hunt elk with a bow. He wants to hunt antelope. So that's a great start. That's your starting point, right? From there, you're starting to whittle down into where can I find those opportunities? And, you know, I, I talk, he, you know, he's got points in Utah. He's got points in Arizona, Wyoming, Wyoming. uh, antelope. He's got some options for antelope. Yep. Got a lot of options there. And he knows that if he doesn't draw an elk tag in one of those two States, he's got Colorado Colorado as his backup. He already knows that. So he knows what's, what he wants to hunt. And then it's a matter of finding the opportunity to hunt the species that you want Mm -hmm. the best opportunity. Is that what you were, is that where you were headed? Yeah. A little bit. This is like most know I'm not, I'm not in a rush to ever burn those points though, too. I'm willing, if I have to wait another five, 10 years to draw Mm -hmm. those tags, I'm fine because I'm just going to switch around how I apply. And and that's the second question I always pose to people. So what do you want to hunt? And within that, you, you hunt that species. What do you, what is your expectation of Mm -hmm. that hunt or that species? So for Brady, if he hunts bull elk, he wants to hunt big quality. I'm not, I'm not burning them. Yeah, you're not going to burn. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go OTC elk unless yeah. I pick a one up like, a, like an you're add-on You're not going to burn. Let's say you had 15 elk points in Colorado. You're not burning your 15 elk points on a unit that you could have drawn with eight. Nope. You're you're going to kind of nope. keep chasing it, it chasing it out. I'm going right? to wait my time, and that's what I'm doing with most of my elk points is just waiting my time for the best of the best unit, which mm-hmm. I'm fine for. Uh, so my strategy again is just pick up as many mule deer tags as I can get eat a bunch of those tags trying to find some trophy deer mm-hmm. and go on some bear hunts. So that's, that's the, that's generally what I tell people is like, what, what do you want to hunt? What do you value? Like, what is your expectations mm-hmm. for the species that you want to hunt? If it's any bull elk, a lot of opportunities, you yep. can find them. If and I want to add in a variable to Brady's thing, dilemma, thing, situation, whatever you want to call it. You would agree, and I know you would. The elk hunting right now is really good. Man, is it great? It is like yeah. is it is in a very good place. So yeah. if you have the points, and you have the opportunity, and you can hit it while the going's good, I can hit it while the going good. It is elk hunting is in a great spot right now. Yeah. So which is, which is why I'm kind of thinking about maybe trying to dump them, you know, one more state maybe this year on on elk because i have the points and, that, and that's why i want to do it too because i can start over that's the big thing like i don't want to keep waiting and draw it when I, you know the, 10 years later when i could have already gone and rebuilt those points again and said two quality hunts for the points i don't want to get into no man's land yeah and so i'm weighing that in my strategy right now too like all right am i willing to go 10 plus more years or can i burn them right now on a quality hunt which i know there's some out there i've looked at them last year it was on the fence about applying and then waiting it out and yeah, and that's part of the part of the whole, you know, strategy. Um, you don't want to sit on points. You know, you want to use your points, and you're in a great spot where you can essentially hunt a different state every year, and you can expect a quality, very hunt. quality hunt. Yeah, yeah, which is a great spot to be in. It's the reason that we are always harping on, you know, continuing Applying. to apply and continue to build points. Yep. I, I'm in the I'm in exact opposite from you. I've got a lot of deer points in a lot of places. So I've got deer points in Arizona, Wyoming. Um, so I've kind of collected points and I'm looking at opportunities to build those. I don't want to burn them all in the same year. Mm-hmm. I want to 
you know, plan and go on one, one year and, you know, one the next and have some, some opportunities. So. What about that variable I threw in though? Because on the flip side of what I talked about with Brady, mm-hmm. deer hunting is not in a good place. I mean, droughts I, and winters. So I, like, I'm there in Wyoming. Yeah, I, I've that, got more, I've got more points yeah. than I would need to draw some of those units. Had I burned those and gone on a region G hunt or an H hunt or wherever it might be, Western Wyoming, we'll just say I'd have been a hell of a lot better place to do so three years ago or two years ago than mm-hmm. I would be now because the bottom's kind of dropped out on it. Yeah. So what, what are you looking at now? Like you're, mm-hmm. you might be waiting five years. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at other parts of the state, yeah. which may not offer me the type of animal or hunt that I'm, you know, you I want, was hoping you want that for, classic right. or, or I'm sitting on them and, yeah. uh, and I'm just seeing what happens, you know, and that's kind of, it's one of the risks. You can't predict yeah. what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I would say, try to try to burn them as often as you can. I mean, that's one thing that doesn't probably get stated as much as like every year that you're building another point is a year that you're not getting back in the system for another yep. opportunity to go to some other place in the future that may, you know, require less points or even chasing that same opportunity again. So mm-hmm. I love the turn and burn strategy. Yeah. You got to think yeah. about turning and burning in some instances. There's a delicate mix of the two mm-hmm. earning enough points to be in a spot like Brady is right now, or you would deer, but at the same mm-hmm. time, like burning other things and mm-hmm. going and making yeah. sure you're always out there. All the deer tags I've ever drawn in the West and most points I've ever had was four. Yeah. And I burned it it's on a, a great really point low point unit and shot a phenomenal deer like yep so looking from a thirty thousand foot view those are the questions that i always point people to what do you want to hunt what type of experience do you want to have for each individual species evaluate that and then work towards the opportunities to get a permit and go mm-hmm. hunting for those species that represents your uh, objectives of that hunt so those are kind of the first two big ones that i always point people to um beyond that i always tell people you know budget you definitely have to think about your budget. Um, I would say, I would say apply everywhere that you can afford. Uh, and there definitely is some states that it's more cost effective to apply in. A point means more in you know in certain states. You, you look at a state like Colorado, for example. We'll say for elk, right? Uh, sure, you've got to buy the hunting license to then apply and gain a point. But three or five points goes a whole lot longer you know, in a state like Colorado than it does in maybe some other states like it does Utah. Yeah. Right. So if you're limited on a budget, do research and find the states that it makes the most sense to spend your money and build points. So a state like Colorado is a prime example, makes tons of sense to build Mm -hmm. points because you're going to have opportunities pretty quick. Um, you got states like Utah, Nevada, you know, you may apply forever and never draw. So yep. you, you have to decide if it's worth you putting the money into buying that hunting license every single year and applying and the chances that you probably won't ever draw. Right. So that's definitely budget something I think you ought to consider. Um, do you want to dive into point systems and kind of yeah. talk real briefly about what that is? I want you to dive me through mm-hmm. bonus preference random. Yep. What are those, what, what are those really mean to people? And then maybe we can give some examples and, mm-hmm. Can I talk about that? Because they're all, like, every state does it differently. Yep. So getting a permit in the West, uh, by and large at this point, it's a lottery drawing. So you're going to apply, and they're gonna, the state's going to conduct a drawing, and then they're going to allocate permits. Uh, and you hear people talk about points all the time, preference points, bonus points. So the difference between a preference point and a bonus point. So you have some states that operate on a true preference point system. So an example of that would be Colorado elk, uh, deer, antelope, right? So preference points essentially gives preference to the individuals that apply with the most points for any given hunt. 
So if I've got five points and Brady has one point, he has no random chance of drawing that permit. No. I'm going to be guaranteed the permit because I have more preference points than Brady. So a true preference point system, there's no randomness to that. It's simply the people with the most points that apply for any given permit are going to draw that permit. So that's a true preference point system. And this is why I think it's very important to understand these systems because you could be a person who doesn't understand preference points in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And like, I've never drawn a Colorado tag. Like, why have I never drawn? All these guys keep drawing Colorado tags all the time. Well, maybe you're applying in a unit that you literally – Think we'll you have a draw. chance to draw, but you really will never draw because you're not you're not a top mm-hmm. point holder, not that point break system where you're gonna actually draw it with your preference points. So that's something to consider. Mm-hmm. If you're just trying to turn and burn, you can't be applying for tags that take ten points when you only have five. Like you're never gonna draw that. Yep. Based on that preference point system. Yeah, you have to understand the draw system, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then a bonus point, uh, a bonus point state essentially is again, it's a drawing. Uh, but a bonus point essentially gives you more chances in the drawing. So it's a random drawing, but statistically, the more bonus points that I have, the better my odds get. So if I apply for a hunt, uh, in a bonus point system, like Nevada, let's say I've got 10 points, I'm going to have 10 chances in the drawing plus one for that year's application. Nevada actually squares your bonus points. So you have that many more chances going into the drawing, but it's still a random drawing. Want to explain squaring? Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> it, it really just benefits people who've been applying longer yeah, a little it, bit more because they like, you know, one squared compared to 10 squared, mm-hmm. it's a big yeah. difference. So more, it's just more kind of more chances in a way, but still, mm-hmm. still random. Yep. And, and some States, uh, you know, it's not that way they don't square them, but they have a bonus point yeah. system. So yeah, it, essentially it's still a random drawing. You still have a chance to draw as long as you apply. It's just that statistically, the more bonus points you have, the better your odds get over time. Yeah. And there's really, in a sense, no guarantee then you're ever going to draw within a bonus point system. You could have max and still not draw because three, people, no three people with two points could dig all the mm-hmm. tags randomly and never reach, reach yep. even though you statistically had a better chance to and draw. And that, that's a true bonus point system. Uh, and then you've got uh, hybrid systems. So you've got preference point hybrid systems and you've got modified or hybrid bonus point systems where a percentage of the permits are going to be allocated to the people with the most points that apply. And then the other hat, whatever it is, the other percentage of the permits that are available are going to be randomly allocated and they're going to uh, potentially give weight to the number of points that you've got. So it gets kind of convoluted and each state does it a little differently. Um, you know, for example, you've got Wyoming, where they're going to give a percentage of the permits to the people that apply with the most preference points. And then the other percentage they're going to randomly allocate with no weight given to the number of points that an individual has. So in that random side of the draw, you know, somebody that applies for the first year and then me, I've got 10 points in the random draw portion of that. We're all in the same playing field. No, no advantage given. Right. Almost said no fucks given. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway. well, now you should have just said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, should yeah. have just went with that. Right, and then you've got states like Utah, where you know fifty percent of the permits are given to the people with the most bonus points, and the other fifty percent are randomly allocated with weight given to the number of bonus points that you've got. So the more chances uh, I get, with the more bonus points that I've got. So that's kind of how those work. So now that we kind of described all those point systems. Mm-hmm. In your mind, what is the best point system? Is there? Random, in my opinion. So you've got states, a couple of them. Uh, you've got New Mexico. You've got Idaho. Those are true random states, meaning that there's no point system whatsoever. No bonus points, no preference points. 
everybody's on an equal playing field. You just throw your name in and see what sticks. So if I've been applying for 10 years, never drawn, and you go in your first year, mm -hmm. we're basically on the same playing field. Yeah. And is that fair? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Here's the thing I like about that state, a state like New Mexico. So you got three hunt choices when you apply, right? Mm -hmm. And I get to pick my hunt choices. I can stagger them between odds so I can swing for the fences. I can apply for a really good unit as my first choice. I could apply for uh, a unit that's got better draw odds as my third choice. And when they pull my application, they're going to consider all three of my choices before they move to the next applicant. So in essence, I can do whatever I want with my application and I have three chances to draw in essence. Um, I like that system because it allows me to tailor my application to the type of hunt that I'm looking for. If I only want to swing for the fences and I only want to apply for the best of the best, I can do that with all three of my choices. Yep. Or if I want to apply for a great unit and then an easy to draw unit as my third choice, I can do that. And maybe lightning strikes and I'm the first guy off the pile and I draw a great hunt or, you know, maybe I get my third choice. Mm -hmm. So I like their system. Um, the further we've gotten down the road with all these point systems, it's a little bit bleak in terms of uh, guaranteeing yourself's permits and some of the great units. Uh, so I, I, I like the random component of it. I love the fact that when I apply in New Mexico, I can put a, you know, a 16A, a 16D, a 15, a 34, you know, 36. I can put one of those as my first choice. Maybe I draw it. Yeah. Do you think point systems are broken? Um, yeah, I mean, not, not broken. They're working <laughs> to some extent. They're working to some extent, uh, but they're not, uh, they're definitely not meeting demand in most regards. So it can be a little depressing, especially when you start to look at top tier units in a state like Utah, Arizona, um, you know, Nevada, for example. Mm -hmm. um, it can seem a little bit bleak. You start looking at once in a lifetime type species like moose, sheep, goat, bison. Yeah. It can be pretty depressing. Um, I mean, that's just where it is right now. That's why it's important to you, you know, you have multi-state strategy. Mm -hmm. I mean, jumping back to what you said, like the whole random set of New Mexico, it's like, that's the sole reason I drew my works tag. Mm -hmm. Never applied for works in my life. First year I applied, I drew. Yep. If that was a preference point system, well, I'd be way behind the curve and mm -hmm. wouldn't have drawn that tag. But because it was a random chance and I just got lucky, Yep. I had to apply, but still got lucky and drew a tag. Run us through, so there's typically two ways that states attack um, apply application. So there's states that require you to buy a hunting license yep. to apply, and then there's states that require you to front the cost of the permits that you apply for. Can you give me some examples of those, and like how does that work? I mean, yeah, there's, there's a, a majority of them now are switching to you have to buy some sort of hunting license to apply. Mm -hmm. I mean, Colorado, you got the small game license. But it's only 89 bucks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, Nevada, you don't have to, but if you want to actually build points, you got to buy a hunting license mm -hmm. every single year. Which is, that one's 155 bucks. Yep. And then, you know, even like in New Mexico, you have to front the money of everything mm -hmm. and you still get everything back after you don't draw, but it's like... 65 bucks, yeah, hunting license yeah, to apply. Yeah, hunting license as well. So mm -hmm. it's like, I think majority of states now are switching over to some sort of hunting license. I can't think of one right off the top of my head. Wyoming doesn't require, but you do have the to stamps. front the cost of the permits. And yeah, and, and typically states that require you to front the cost of the permit, the license, the hunting license to apply is pretty cheap. Yeah. So you're talking 89 bucks in Colorado, 65 bucks in New Mexico. Mm -hmm. uh, Utah, I think, is 75 bucks, I want to say. Relatively cheap, but you don't have, I mean, 
running a, that for lost days is pretty expensive. That's why like yep. Colorado, for example, and you know, you're not fronting that entire cost. Mm-hmm. You're just doing the hunting license and then the points and everything. And again, I, this is, um, it's a, I always tell people, this is a cost value judgment you have to make. Yeah. Right. So you've got to start to look at the States where the opportunities are available to you relatively quickly and decide if the amount of money over time is worth it to, to continue with, with that state and that species. It's a cost value judgment. Because it adds up quick. But it, it adds up very quick. How much do you think you spend a year in application fees? I don't look. You don't? On purpose, you, I you, don't look. <laughs> How much do I you... I don't want to know. Do you have an idea? Uh, what do I apply in like at least nine states? I think mine's typically about, I want to say around 2300 bucks. 20. Sounds familiar, yeah. Because there's states like, you know, Montana where I'm fl- fronting the fees. That's mm-hmm. going to be real expensive for a while. Uh, if you're unsuccessful, you get that money back. Get the money back. But it's like the amount of money I put out at once, that's got to be a crazy amount of money. Like, you know, I'm floating out in the app world during mm-hmm. the next six months. Like, But but out of pocket. Out of pocket, it's, it's probably, yeah. Two grand. Two grand, 2,500 mm-hmm. to do everything. And I've definitely, like you said, weighed my, what I want to do depending on like what the state offers me. Like I've never applied, you know, Wyoming, big all the limited entry type stuff like mm-hmm. sheep or anything like that, because I know it's never going to, I'm never going to draw. So let's talk about that. Why do you apply? Yeah. Oh B- yeah. Bighorn sheep. Yeah. Montana. Not Montana. Not Montana. No. Why not? I'm just, I'm so far behind. Like it's just not even an yep. option. I mean, it's a random I bonus. Know, bonus. No? no, still not interested. Yeah. Wyoming. Yes. You do. Yes. You're, you're creeping up in points. Then. Colorado, Wyoming, Colorado. Yep. Gotcha. You, you don't. Not in Wyoming. Because I, I was behind the curve, and now that they made the you know recent changes. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to draw it. Yeah, the recent changes yep. hurt. So, what do you? How do you distinguish between applying for those the big species? So, moose, sheep, goat, bison. We'll say bison. How do you distinguish where you do apply and where you don't apply, and why? I mean, that's a tough one. I think where where I apply now is because I've been applying for them for so long that I'm I'm invested in the system. I have to keep going. I think it's I, I'm, I'll never probably draw all of them but or, i feel like i have a chance mm-hmm. yeah i have a chance so i'm going to keep doing it and it's a minimum fee every single year it's just buying points so yeah. you apply in states where you have a chance i have a chance so in wyoming you've already said you don't really have a, I don't chance, have a chance there's not a random component at this point yeah really well, yeah now that i understand your question better yeah so i'm invested in for sheep i'm in bighorn sheep i'm invested in utah wyoming and colorado okay i'm invested in those programs so like yes i keep going there but i i apply in idaho and new mexico every year because of the random random mm-hmm. and then utah and colorado also bonus point or you know modified in colorado yes. but you have a chance a chance, it's a chance. Ra- random draw random yeah. i mean do you call it a chance i don't know but it's, i guess it's, it's, it's cha- not less it's, than zero it's a chance yeah it's a chance yeah so it's been a hard decision to make on which stage i do it for but like i feel like since I am invested in certain ones, I'm going to continue to go through there and pull through and wait another 20, 30 years if I make it that long. And So you're a Nevada resident. Nevada do you apply resident. for sheep in Nevada? Yep. Yes. Okay. I'm invested there because like, I'm a resident, which makes sense. So you get you have more tags available to more you. More tags available yes. to me, which is great. It's also a random draw yep. with a bonus point system. Yep, so I could draw any time. So that, is, makes sense. that makes sense. Do you apply for sheep in Utah? Bison? Yep. Goat? I apply for everything there. 
Okay. Also random. Also random. And I've I been assume, invested for a long time. And you're you're buying a hunting permit to apply for all species anyway. Yep. So for the extra ten bucks, why the hell not? Right. It yep. makes sense for me to do that. That makes sense because you got a random chance. You never know. I mean, yep. you, Arizona, sheep. Yep, I do Arizona sheep as well. Same reason. Same you reason. You buy the hunting license to apply for other too. species yeah. like elk and antelope. Yep. You buy right. for antelope. <laughs> I do, but I'm really thinking about it. That's yes, it's I pretty mean, dumb for do. 15 bucks. Yeah, I mean, I do, but there, there it is. You start to realize, like, kind of how dumb sometimes when you start running through this. Like, yes, I do. Don't know why, but I do. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, again, that's a state where you have a chance. I mean, yeah, Arizona is a modified bonus point system, so you have a chance. Mm-hmm. There is a random component to that draw. But at the same time, though, I think about like, so I got my, you know, my brother's Bryson Blake, so I'm there person who deals with all their apps every single year. So mm-hmm. I run through everything, tell them what to apply for. They giving you a kickback on that? No, <laughs> no, no, never. I haven't gotten anything. Come on guys. But it's like, I keep talking to them every year. Like, do you really want to continue down the path you're going? Mm-hmm. Like I'm telling them how bleak some of this stuff is. I'm explaining them, you know, my dad's situation in Colorado. Oh yes. Whatever now, 23, 24 elf points. How, how do you know how bleak something is when you say we, we've thrown that around a little bit? We, we say like, this is uh, the, op- for me, for example, the opportunity to draw a bison tag in my home state of Utah. And I say, that's a pretty bleak scenario for me. You know, I drew a mountain goat tag after 17 years of applying. Like, how do you know? Like, what, what is bleak to you? I basically look at how many people are ahead of them in points, how many people are applying with all that thing, how many tags they give out, and then trying to calculate, theoretically, oh. if all those people stay alive and no one dies <laughs> and no one switches units to, and never know when people are jumping mm-hmm. around switching units, you're theoretically not ever going to draw based on that's a preference point state until you're X number of years old. How much, where do you do that? Like how much time do you spend on draws? All, I draw as heavily this time of year. So that's where I go draws. I go the detailed draws, page for individual unit, individual mm-hmm. unit. Look at how many people are applying at every point level, how many people are drawn at every point level, how many tags you're giving out. And I can basically use that information to calculate if it's kind of, in a sense, worth it to keep chasing that. That's where I'm like, for them, we're talking about big three, like moose, sheep, goat. Yep. Like, yeah, my, you know, my brothers didn't start when I started, but they they're creeping up on double digit points for every state, but it's like, is it worth it continuing on the path for applying for, you know, moose in all these states? Or should you just stop doing moose, sheep, goat, save all that money, but you might be still buying a hunting license for other species. So it's probably still worth a little bit to do it, but is that money better spent mm-hmm. in a bank? A cost, inv- inv- cost value analysis. In- investing it somewhere else yep. and then going on a, sh- you know, a moose hunt mm-hmm. or a doll sheep hunt in Alaska instead of trying to chase these units down here you're probably never ever going to draw based on your point level yep. yeah there's always that random chance it's like winning the lottery but is there you know where's your money best spent and how to try to figure that out for the big three is hard because mm-hmm. there's all you see you know people all the time drawing the first time or minimum points but I'm sure. like do we keep doing the same path or in Colorado, for example, do you just burn your elk points and don't be like my dad who waited a long time. And then, yeah, the things changed and mm-hmm. tag allocations changed and he was going to catch it, but now he's never going to catch it. So he has to change his plan, like trying to figure that out. That's best for them to realize like, yeah, they're limited on time off. Mm-hmm. You know, they both run their own companies. And uh, when do you want to burn those points? So you can start over again. Like that's the biggest thing I'm trying to figure out for them right now is, all right, you're getting high point level, but we should probably start dumping it to get points again. So you actually mm-hmm. have a quality hunt now rather than, never having a quality hunt. So draws draws is huge. I love draws. Draws are huge. Yes. We spend a significant amount of time yes. here at Go Hunt and I feel pretty confident in saying we have the best draws on the market. I feel extremely confident. Yeah. So I wanted to 
I want to read a definition because I this might seem uh, you know like commonplace to some people who've been playing the game for a long time, but maybe for a lot of people it isn't. So I wanted to read just like a definition and just maybe some like little nuances about the actual draw odds, what it is. So draw odds are the displayed percentage odds you have. Uh, your hunt application of being selected in a state drawing and being awarded a permit to hunt. Draw odds are not predictive. Yep, not. Not predictive. So odds are based on previous year's known data, including the number of permits that were allocated and what hunts each applicant applied for and how many points uh, they had going into that draw. Draw odds can be used to help assist you in applying for hunts that you are likely to draw. Draw odds cannot be predicted due to the fact that applicants can and do fluctuate between hunts that they apply for. Uh, year to year, permit numbers fluctuate, so it would be extremely tough to predict odds. Yeah, you can't. Can. Well, you also, a lot of these states are changing their actual tag so, quotas, like yes. very close to the deadline, mm-hmm. to like the actual apply deadline. But But it is the way that you can... Uh, apply your points towards hunts that you will potentially or likely high, being being very likely to draw. Yeah. yeah. So understanding draws is extremely important. Very important. And I would say it's a cornerstone of our platform. Well, the, yeah. you have to be able to use draw odds. Like, so you go to draw odds and you see this number mm-hmm. that like you have to be able to now use that number, right? And that's why we. Mm-hmm. We facilitate a, other, a bunch of other data to help you use that number you're seeing in front of your face. And what it is, is if all things were to stay equal next year, you can now look at how many applicants, all this stuff, and you can now extrapolate in your own head the likelihood of, of you getting that tag with, you know, Brady's talking about his dad with the number of people in front of him with more points that have applied in that same hunt, all this stuff. And uh, so it's not like that number you see isn't the end all be all. You have to now use that number. You have to in, use that to interpret. Yeah, like yeah. that is your number you are now going to use to interpret the rest of the information you're seeing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people talk about predictive draws and all that stuff. And it would be so amazing to be able to do. Mm-hmm. But there's there's so much variable. There just can't be there can't be a valuable predictive data. How often do you play for the same hunt year in and year out? Not very often. Not that often. No. Yeah, I would say it's kind of like I I definitely vary mine in states where I'm not looking to, you know, I have in my mind. So for me, I've got, let's say, for example, I've got enough points to draw a permit in Arizona for deer. That's going to be my hunt that year. I'm going to yeah. apply those points towards that hunt that year. Other states and other applications, I'm probably going to mix up my applications for better hunts just in yeah. case mm-hmm. I get lucky and draw a really great hunt. So I may not apply for the same hunt that I applied for last year because I got a different plan in mind. So they de- people definitely fluctuate. I mean, people have, you know, you have trends per se, maybe a little bit. You can look at year over year draw odds often and they will kind of hold a pattern, especially in a, a, a preference point state like Colorado. You yeah. can kind of start to see patterns. Um, but you do, you, you have to be able to interpret the data as well as the actual number you itself. see yeah yeah this generator that is the number you use to now interpret the rest of the data to mm-hmm. then develop your decision making on where you want to apply yeah. yep and that's where i think just like you're saying not just looking at that number, number. and using that as end all be all looking mm-hmm. at how many applications how many tags you're drawn at every point level ahead of you below you like taking all that into account mm-hmm. is very huge and that's why like application strategy article is really great because you can see mm-hmm. like all right they're going to be cutting tags 
or potentially going to be cutting mm-hmm. tags or potentially adding tags. If you know that information going into it and you may be a point behind and now this year they're going to add 50 tags to it, well, you're, maybe, maybe you're you, could, you, could be, yeah. you mm-hmm. could be in the money. So like you have to look at a bigger picture rather than just draw odds, but draw odds are very, very important. Like we, we trail and I, I think have talked a lot about that's our number one tool we look at all the time. We have yep. expectations, of what we want to do. We kind of know what States we're looking at, know what species, and then we just dive into draws and look at everything that's available in there. Yeah. Draws and app strategies. I look at those a lot. I mean, I, I bring up the example of Wyoming antelope. So last year we cut a lot of antelope hunts based on a lot of winter kill. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of antelope that died and we went through and included all the cuts in that application strategy articles for individual units. You can then use, you know, the number of permits that are being allocated that year against previous years and mm-hmm. you start to see how many points it took to draw and you can say okay if they cut this many permits you know what are, what's that going to do to the number of points it's going to take to draw that unit so you can use that information so i would say for me those are definitely like two of the tools that i use all the time is uh you know draws and then application strategies so how do you utilize five-year trends in the draws detail pages yeah so you can um you can look at, so like if you go into your insider account, you click in draw odds, um, you click on the state, the species you're interested in, and it's going to bring up this like huge tables of giant, all, table. giant tables. And it's going to be the draw odds for every hunt in that state for that species. And then I may start cruising down through that and I can look at my point level. And, you know, I always tell people, look at, uh, you know, point levels one or two less than you have right currently. And you're going to start to see like, okay, there's maybe four or five different haunts that I could potentially draw with the number of points I have. And then I'm going to start clicking on each individual draw odd. So each unit, right? So I'm going to click on that unit. That's going to open up a detailed draw odds page. And that's what you're talking about. It gives you that five years of data. So you're looking at five years of draw history. And that's where you can really start to look at things like point creep, right? We've, we've, we've talked about point creep and hopefully people kind of understand what point creep is, but you really do need that five years of data to look back in time to see how much it's creeping, if it's creeping and you can start to predict, you can start to predict using that to some extent, um, your chances of drawing at your point level. So when you look at those tables, you'll see the percentages over five years and you can kind of start to see those diagonaling in, you know, increasing point levels if you are experiencing point creep. So that's how I use detailed draws pages and history of draw odds is to kind of help me predict if it took that many points last year, how many did it take the year before and the year before that? So if that's the case, what are my chances this year based on the number of people that applied? And sometimes one career gets better. Sometimes it gets better. Sometimes they allocate more permits. And I've looked at it and it's like, oh, it was all of a sudden 100% last year Mm -hmm. and it like took a lot more points the year before. Maybe that trend will continue. Yep. Like you can see all that on the detail pages really easily, how that's trending and if it's jumping back or Mm -hmm. going, going ahead. So, yep. So use those. Um, yeah, you, the point you made, you individually can better predict. Oh, for sure. As far as a program to take in all of that information. Yeah. You You, you can predict to the extent that you can based on the information that's available to you. Hunt that you're Mm -hmm. looking at. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's why we do draw odds the way that we do them is because we are basing the odd based on known data, known how data. many people applied at what point level for what hunts and the number of permits that were allocated for that year. That's yep. known data. It's an exa- our draws are an exact representation of what happened the yep. year before. And then you can use that individually. To now interpret. To now and interpret predict. and make yep. the best choices for mm-hmm. you. But you can't, you can't do it blindly. Like you've got to 
I cannot emphasize this enough. Like you've got to do due diligence on your own. Like we can do this podcast, we can do videos, you know, we can do all kinds, we can do application strategy articles. We can do a lot of things to like help you understand, but you really have to dive in and do it. And it's not all that complicated. You just got to put some time and effort into it. And I'll tell you, like it will pay dividends. Mm -hmm. Like just, you've got, if you don't have an account, get one. If you have an account, like use it to its fullest potential. It, yep. uh, it, it'll pay off in the end. I even like jumping back in and reading old application strategy articles. Mm -hmm. For sure. I want to see what the information was, you know, five years ago, seven years ago, compare it to information that's current today. Like what are these trends happening? I can jump back and, and see all that information. I can see all these populations going up, down, how tag changes are impacting people and looking yep. at then detail pages and looking at filtering 2.0 and using all these tools collectively together to try to make the best plan that I have going in the following next year. Yeah. Uh, last thing I want to talk about, maybe a couple more, a couple more things that I think could help people out. Um, give me an idea of how the States do their, the timing. Mm -hmm. So how does that work? You said that earlier in the, early in the podcast, you said you were working on the article for, upcoming 2024 2024 application deadlines yep so what's in what is in that article and how do the states do their draws across a time frame yeah so every every state's different certain states have certain species they do early they do other species later on sometimes the states that they do later on they're waiting on you know big game counts for certain species like antelope mm -hmm. or deer in the winter range and so the draws are a bit later so it's really important to look at every single state of when their deadline is and understand like some some of these are you know a deadline for buying points as well. Some mm -hmm. have different points only purchase periods later on, you know, like we got some big ones coming up, you know, like Alaska, usually December 15th. Yep. And for then applications, applications. And then, you know, like Wyoming, Wyoming elk, that's usually January 31st. Mm -hmm. So like those are going to be right off the bat hitting mm -hmm. hard. And then you're going to start looking at, okay, what States are coming up next? When do I need to start, you know, doing some research on these States? And basically it's going to be like, when's the app open date on this article? When's application close date? You know, are these approved or tentative dates? Because a lot of these states right now haven't even discussed mm -hmm. when 2024 information but, is. But generally, they're about generally the same. it's the same. You know, month, third Tuesday in this month, mm -hmm. or this certain day. You know, and I just try to do my best estimate right now based on all. I have tons of previous years I go off of trying to find the actual day. And then once they're finally updated, I go and update that. I don't think I don't I don't know that all the states. I don't think they intended to do this, but it is nice that they did it. They're they're generally staggered, mm -hmm. so it's not like everything is due the same time or the same month. They they typically stagger them out. Yeah. So you, you mentioned Wyoming elk. That's one of the first ones out the gate. Always January thirty first yeah. deadline. Uh, you know, then you kind of moving into Arizona, which is normally like uh, February for elk and antelope, um, you know, and then you kind of start to taper in the rest of the, the draws for the different states. And it is nice that they are staggered because in a lot of a lot of cases, you'll kind of understand, you know, whether you might have drawn or not drawn before you have to apply in another state. Yep. And then it's good too to know sometimes, well, hey, when am I going to get that money back from mm -hmm. Wyoming to then turn it around and use it somewhere else? Or well, it's not probably a good example because they hold it on forever. But that's why this, the staggered thing is good to look at. You can, you know, filter everything out by state. You can filter it up as a draw, if it's OTC, if it's points only, looking mm -hmm. at points only deadlines. Like it's a very important article to really look at and start like, you know, honing in exactly where you're going to apply. And don't, don't be one of these guys <laughs> that, that apply on the last day of 
application deadline. <clears throat> I do that. Yeah. <laughs> Systems crash. You mm-hmm. can't get in. You already know what you're going to apply for. Some of these states allow you to modify it once you've actually put your app in. You no know, additional changes, no cost. You know, just might as well throw it in there and then modify it. Plus, you're on the top of the you're on the top of the top the of the pile. Stack. Top of the pile. Yeah. Isn't that how that works? I think if you're the last, you're at the top. The they top? Just start at the bottom. You know, the first oh, guy that applies, he's on the bottom. Yeah. You just go up from there. That's why you're trying to be last. That's what I'm trying to oh, do. Okay, got it. Yeah, 11:59. Oh. <laughs> no, don't do that. That's nerve-wracking. But yeah, they they do stagger them. Um, they they normally run like we're saying Idaho, TC, December 1st, and then January's kind of the next window. Or I guess you have Alaska, December 15th for yeah. the for the uh, the draw species or draw hunts. And then you've got uh, elk in January in Wyoming, you know, Arizona, February. You've got March typically for New Mexico. And you really start to stagger those all the way out through like June. Yep. So that's kind of your, your time frame is really, I would say, January to June, June, July. January and June are the big months. That's mm-hmm. when you want to be living on Insider, figuring out your plan. Mm-hmm. Um, last thing I was going to ask you. I just would like to, you've kind of ran me through a little bit and you probably don't want to get into specifics, but what are you looking to do this year, Brady, species, states, anything that you're excited about? And then Hmm. I wanted to ask you, like, if there is one tag for one species that you're hoping for, for both of you, what would it be this year? My strategy going into this year, it's a tough one, Trail. I'm, I'm just building my strategy right now mm-hmm. and getting it rolling. I do have a plan. I do have some tags already in my pocket for next year. So I do have I know some states I'm going to already. To You're not going to say? No. <laughs> Species, how are you going to say? Species, again, I'm just, I'm just trying to get mule okay. tags. Like I really just want so just, a couple just, quality just mule tags. Just avoid the first question then. What? <laughs> Is there a species, a hunt that like if you could wave a magic wand and you would have it next year, what would it be? Uh, I mean, Arizona mule deer tag. Arizona mule deer. Yeah. I like that. I have a lot of points. Okay. I could cash them in and draw. A how many points hunt. you got? A lot. A hundred. A lot. <laughs> you won't even say how many points you have? No. Okay, then. <laughs> All right. I have, a, I have a lot. So Arizona mule deer? Yeah. That's cool. I think it would just be a really fun hunt. I just want to. Above you know, anything else? Sheep, moose, goat, bison. Arizona yeah. mule deer is it? Sheep tag's cool, but it's a sheep tag. Like, <laughs> what the? This guy. <laughs> sheep tag's cool, but it's a sheep. But I mean, like, it's a sheep. I mean, it's a sheep. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I don't know what the term is. Like, I just got back from, you know, Tajikistan a year ago. Okay. I shot the All world's right. biggest sheep species already <laughs> in my life. Like, I'm very fortunate to have done that and be poor the rest of my life because of it. But. So, the desert's just. No, desert really don't intrigue me. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. This guy I can't do it. <laughs> Lorenzo's gonna walk out of here. <laughs> a desert sheep is like the single coolest. Is that it for oh, you? If I, if I drew a desert tag, desert sheep, desert sheep for home me. state, home state desert sheep. That's oh, it. Oh man. Oh man. If I drew a desert tag and they allowed me to convert it into a Mueller tag in the best unit of that state as well, like similar quality, I would turn that in in a heartbeat. If you drew a desert sheep you tag going in Arizona, to be by lightning. You would turn it, and you if you had the opportunity to opportunity. swap it for a mule deer tag statewide, statewide, you would turn strip. that sheep You'd tag. You'd go in. to the strip. Yeah, I'd swap it. Wow, I can't, I can't talk to you anymore. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I dream to draw one of those. Like, I'm not saying I don't ever want I to know. do it, but yes, mule deer are king. 
They literally are. Yikes. Big elk guy. That comes He's from a big, big elk guy. Elk guy. <laughs> Coming from a big elk guy. That's yeah. cool. I just desert sheep in my home state. Oh man, please. That's it for you. Please. Yeah. Bow hunt? Yeah, I'd bow hunt it for bow sure. It. Yeah. Me? Yeah. Uh man, I've gotten a real bug. Like I I would really like to hunt bison. Really? Yeah. So archery bison in my home state of Utah. And I don't care if it's the Henry's or the book cliffs. I think that would be awesome. That would be awesome. And I just, to me, I just, I don't know why. I mean, it's, this has been kind of like a Johnny come lately, um, you know, infatuation, but I think bison are just such a cool animal and I would love the opportunity. It's the American heritage of hunting. Yeah. It's would, awesome. Yeah. And I just, you know, I finished a few books recently about bison and, uh, I just, I'm really enamored. I think it'd be really cool to bow hunt bison my home state so that'd be it for me so i'm putting that out there into the cosmos it's going to come back to me so is it going to work with for me with home state i think it is i think we're going to be sitting right here you with a bison tag me me with with an archery bison tag you with a sheep tag and him with an arizona deer tag or i'm struck by lightning or Or that that. because of what you said (laughs) yes or for the blasphemy you put out in the world i mean mule is so much cooler yeah fair enough i mean you can go on so many mule deer hunts (laughs) and they're all different yeah, your sheep is like once. It's like your one hunt. Yeah. And you're going to turn that in to go chase an animal that you could chase in all these other states. Yeah. Okay. I Just make it sure. It can, that's the great thing. It's, you know, free. The eye of the beholder. <laughs> <laughs> you can do what you want. I, I think it's good. Not great, but good. Uh, I mean, I do have another wild hair. I really want to do a caribou hunt. That'd be great. Badly. I like that. So that's right up there, too. I like that. I just love adventure hunts. I just, I wanted to put that out there in the cosmos because I think that's how it's going to come back around yeah, for right. us. Mm-hmm. That's how that works I'm putting, too. I'm putting yeah. good vibes out there and they're going to come back around. Mm-hmm. Anything else? As far as applications, getting ready to go, strategy, I mean, looking looking at it from a 30,000 foot view. Any, any advice that you would give to anybody? Be a sponge. Okay. Soak up every bit of information that is possible as presented to you. Consume it all, learn it all, dissect it, ask questions if you don't understand it, like literally figure out every single draw system works and how to develop a multi-state strategy because that is literally the best way to live your life as a hunter who wants to continually hunt Mm -hmm. as you get older. You have to start doing it right now. If you haven't started doing it yet, you should probably jump on board and figure out how to develop a multi-state. It's not too late. Not no, too late at definitely all. Definitely not. And there's certain states that are obtainable. Like you don't have to go crazy and do nine, ten different states every single year and you know, sell your kidney and sell everything in your house to try to afford trying to get points and start building up that strategy. You can do it affordably. Just figure out what species are your dream. Start doing some points for that and figure out what you can draw now, what you can draw five years, what you're searching for ten years, what's gonna be obtainable to you. That's that's gonna be my last my last piece of advice is like I continually hear people say like I I'm too I'm too late. I didn't get in early enough. It's just too late. It's not too late. It's there not. are so many hunts that you can draw with very few points. It's not too late. Get in, do the research and go hunting because there's still tons of hunts that you can do and it's definitely not too late. It might be too late for some of the best of the best top tiers. If you're looking for the best of the best, the cream of the crop, it's probably too late in a lot of cases. But if you want to hunt elk every year, if you want to hunt mule deer, you want to hunt antelope, it's definitely not too late. That's my take on you. Completely agree. What last piece of advice do you have for folks applying? That that I completely agree with that. <laughs> it's not too late. The amount of the amount of hunts you can go on between two and 
I mean, even like seven points, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In some of these states, between two and seven points, you can go on so many different great, phenomenal hunts. It's not that long, especially when you start staggering the states properly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I complain about costs sometimes, you know, and I justify buying a whole lot of shit that I don't need. You know, I I rein in a few of those purchases. There you go. It's a drop in the bucket. Yeah. So... Well, cool. Thanks. I thought that was a good kickoff. I wanted to, like I said, I wanted to get to it early. We've got Idaho coming up, so I wanted to touch that and uh, just get people thinking about application season. It's coming up quick. Yep. Very quick. So good luck. I can't wait till we're all here recapping. Talking about what tags we have. I mean, I know what one I've got. I know what yeah, <laughs> which one I've got too, right? Archery Bison, here I come. Yeah. All right. No shout out to Young Omar. Shout out Young Omar. Omar's getting jack shit this year. Young Omar, podcast producer today. Young Omar. Shout out. No tags. No tags.